0: hello and welcome to too fast too forever There's all kinds of family we chose this one this is episode 88 the cannonball run from 1981
1: i think i'm joey lewandowski i'm joe 2, and this episode is brought to you by lamborghini Lamborghini is making available resources and equipment of its research and development department for the co-engineering and production of lung simulators to support SIARE Engineering International Group, the leading Italian pulmonary respirator manufacturer during the health emergency due to the spread of COVID-19. So, Ooh, thank you. Topical. Thank you Lamborghini. Yeah. They said they were the first Italian automaker to shut down. They shut down March 13th before the government forced them to. So, they were like a little bit on the cutting edge there.
0: Has anybody from Lamborghini tweeted Free America? I'm just said that Ferruccio <laughs> Lamborghini The uh, founder of the company did not live long enough to hear Too Fast Too Forever, because I know that he would have loved it.
1: (laughs) He would have. He definitely would have. That's true.
0: Well, here we are to talk about the Cannonball Run. This is Alex Elenin's patron pick. So thank you, Alex, for that. Yeah, thank you. You know, I was actually inspired while we were, while I was, I mean, while we were separately watching the movie, while I was watching the movie last night. Yeah. Because I was reading the trivia about this. There is a sequel to it, The Cannonball Run 2. True. And I was making a list, like, even though we are going to, no joke, do another, like, ooh, 15 classic car movies, like, there's so (laughs) many more that we're doing this lap. There's still beyond that so many more, more. We're still doing 15 this lap. So we have... I gotta cut these out because I can't bleep all these, or maybe I'll bleep all of them. I don't know. We got so we have eleven more. Damn, we have eleven more classic card movies after this. Jeez. Okay. There's other stuff in there, and we got you know a handful more fast movies, but yeah, it's so like in, in in addition to the eleven that we're still doing, <laughs> there's another like fifteen that I kind of easily came up with, including Cannibal Run Two, including. A sequel to a movie that we might be covering this lap that also Ooh. stars the star of this movie, Wink Wink Hint Hint. Ooh. Yeah, so like there's just so many out there. I don't know if they're going to be good. Like I do feel like if we go back to this, well, I mean there are still classics, like absolutely stone-cold classics yes, that we are is. not covering that we will cover we could cover. But a lot of these are going to be like, oh yeah, that was, that. They, they, there was there's a car in that movie, okay, okay, cool. <laughs> Yeah. Before we talk about this movie, before we go any further, Joe, extracurricular activities, what have you been up to since we last recorded? What was our last episode? Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry.
1: One, like, update thing that I was kind of hinting at, hinting to you this morning when I was talking to you, that I called my father, and I told him we watched Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry, mm-hmm. and he was like, oh my god, cool, let's talk about it, so, <laughs> what? Good impression. Yeah, so he was, like, real amped about it. He's like, was that not the craziest ending ever? And I was like, you know how I know you didn't see Vanishing Point? And he's like, why? (laughs) And I was like, because it has pretty much the exact same ending. And he's like, they run into a train too? And I was like, no, he doesn't run into a train, but it's like he crashes the car at the end and dies like that's like that's the end the last scene the last end of the movie he's like really I was like yeah and I was like and if either of us had seen Vanishing Point or Dirty Mary Crazy Larry because I told you guys the beginning of this story that when I watched Vanishing Point I was telling him and he was like did you watch Dirty Mary Crazy Larry and if either of us had seen both of them we would have known that you didn't see the other one when he says that this is the craziest ending ever yes so we were laughing about that this morning I told him we were watching Cannonball Run tonight and he was like all excited and he said oh that that's a great one, but are you guys going to watch the other one that we're doing that you said earlier? And he said, are you doing that one? I said, no, I don't think so. Like, we, I didn't think that we had 11 left. And I was (laughs) like, I think we're getting close to the end here, bud, but like, we'll save it for next time. And he was like, oh, damn. Okay. He's like, just watch like five minutes of it. If you don't like think this is so awesome in five minutes, which I mean, this isn't a really good scale. Like, I love them, but like... there's plenty of movies that, yeah. Okay, so he's like, what well, just watch five minutes of so it." I was like, "Okay," and then I called him back when I was driving home because I talked to you and I was like, "Oh, sorry, we were definitely doing that movie coming up." So like, I'll talk to you about it after I watch it. And he's like, "Oh, great, that's my favorite one. I'm so excited." So <laughs> he doesn't he doesn't care. It's not like he's like listening to this, right? He just like right. wants to hear like my reaction. He wants like the tilter of the podcast the next day. That's fair. He wants the after show. He wants talking too fast. Yeah, he wants pil- pillow talk. The um, 90 Day Fiance does pillow talk where they. Like, watch the episodes of other people on 90 Day Fiance. Oh, boy. Okay. And, like, do live commentary over the, the new episodes. Interesting. With, okay. With, like, past guests. That was my one thing that I did. The Oh, two other cool things. Rachel got a Lego Batmobile, and she built yes, that. Yes, I saw that. It I saw a picture of that. Cool. And the other thing is, I want to tell you guys something. I'm going to tell you a little secret, Joey. Okay. Hagen dazs came out with new soft-dipped chocolate-on-chocolate bars. I'm just telling you, as long as you guys don't tell Rachel this, that they're fucking incredible. Why can't Rachel know? Because I told her that they sucked, so she wouldn't eat any of them.
0: Wait, so can you describe these gross, gross things?
1: Absolutely disgusting, Rachel. You know, like any like Dove chocolate bar or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like that, except like instead of using like a hard shell, they use like this like weird ganache, kind of chewy and like very decadent. And it's just awesome. So I'm like all bonered about these and they're great.
0: I'm Googling haagen soft dip ice cream. Introducing new soft yeah, they're brand dip ice new. cream bars. Oh, so it's just, like, instead of, like, biting in, like, and feeling like you crack your tooth, it's softer?
1: Yeah, it's, like, it's, it's, like, like I said, like a ganache, like, like a, it's, like, a thick, like, coating of chocolate, and it's somewhere, like, it's not hard, but it's not, like you know, melted chocolate because it's cold. Fascinating. They're awesome. If you see a box when you're in the store next time, I highly recommend grabbing them. They're fucking great.
0: Very, very cool. Anything else? Any other trash TV updates or anything?
1: Oh, yeah, dude. I actually have something really cool to tell you that I didn't tell you. So, like, you know, we love all this trash TV, right? And, Mm -hmm, like, one of of Rachel's favorites is um, Bar Rescue, which... You know how this goes, right? Have you ever watched sure. it?
0: I wonder, is that one that's been in my parents' town? Continue, I will look it up.
1: Yeah, I'm sure it has, because it's been everywhere. Okay, so there's, like, you know, the premise is, like, there's a guy, he comes in, he yells about a bar being dirty, They you know, they remodel the bar, he, like, saves a marriage, and, like, that's the story, right? Every every episode, pretty much. The last episode that they did that was on, I actually recommend you should watch it. The bar was Marshawn Lynch's bar in, like, Oakland, right? Oh, okay. And it's, like, a bar that was, like, a tribute to, like, his friend that he lost, you know, semi-recently. And the bar is like, tanking. The whole episode was just great, because it was just, like, a ton of Marshawn Lynch just being hilarious, right? Like... Rob Ben's bar. Yes, Rob Ben's bar. But he's just, like, very Marshawn Lynch, and, like, his, like, brother is a bartender, his cousin's a bartender, his, like, aunt's the cook, his other aunt's the manager.
0: You sound like uh, Mona Lisa Vito, like, my brother's a mechanic, my father's a mechanic.
1: Yeah, but he comes in, and he's, like, because normally, like, the thing is, like, John Taffer will come in... And he He can, like, threaten to fire people. He can't threaten to fire anybody here, right? Like, they're all, like, Marshawn Lynch's, like, cousins and family. So, like... the threat of him being like you like you have to like shape up it's like okay cool but like unless marshawn fires me like you can't fire me you're not gonna find somebody to replace me and like also it's i'm his cousin so like it's not really that scary it was a great episode it was actually like one of the best episodes of uh bar rescue i've ever seen
0: oh episode named beast rescue because he's beast mode that's very cool yeah and,
1: oh also like throughout the whole episode it's just like it's all of his endorsements like he'll like walk in and like drink a gatorade right like like and, like <laughs> set it in front of the thing he's like, like it's like it's just like so marshawn lynch like i don't want to spoil. Of the other things, but like if you like Marshawn Lynch's antics as a player, Wells might not. I know Zach kind of likes him, even though he's a Niners fan.
0: He's lovable, right? Yeah, no, he's absolutely lovable. I think that he's one of the players that, like, unless he like directly fucks your team up, like, you can't not at least admire him.
1: To me, I really enjoy his like his antics, like the yes. I'm only here to, not to get fined, and like I'm just gonna eat a pack of Skittles, and like he's a sellout, but it's like it's such a beautiful yeah. business savvy sellout that he's like, if they want me to eat Skittles, I'll eat Skittles at every fucking press call. You know what I mean? Just because, like, yes. pay me. So, like, I respect it so much that it's cool to watch him in this bar because he, like, he doesn't break, right? Like, he's, like, he's always this person. It's, like, the very realest person ever. It's a 20-minute, you know what I mean? Like, bar rescue, I don't know. Maybe, like, 20 or 40 without commercials. It's worth just that episode just to see Marshawn Lynch, like, laughing at his cousin doing dumb shit. And st- it's funny, so. I will watch it later. It's cool. It, yeah, it's, def- it's like brain mush, but, like, I think that this is one that I can recommend to you that you'd be like, oh, that was fun.
0: Cool. Yeah, for sure. Actually here's something uh, a nice little segue have you watched any of I was I'm in the middle of episode three there are four out right now have you seen any of the last dance
1: no I've been meaning to but like I don't know if I can make Rachel suffer through 10 hours of that like even if it's two hours a week but I've been really really jonesing to
0: so I don't want to say too much about it because I feel like you will watch it at some point I will so definitely early on so I watched all of OJ Made in America basically in two days like I waited for that to be over this I'm just watching kind of kind of as it goes on like I watched two, I guess on Monday, and then I started the other one today, so I'm going to finish that one. We're done here. Cool. It's good. It's really good. I, I don't see like the full scope of it yet. So what it is, Yes. for those who don't know, it's about, in the 90s, the Bulls had won five championships out of seven years.
1: It was incredible. Do you remember this?
0: Yes. So I'll, I'll get to that in one second. Okay, so good. they won five in seven years. Michael Jordan was asked to leave for, there's any number of conspiracy theories, but like either just because they needed some other team to win, or because of gambling, gambling or whatever, gambling and he stepped away, or or he just wanted to be like, I'm the best in the world. I'm going to go try to play baseball. You can play baseball, whatever. So he walks away from the game for two years. Space the Rockets jam. win. Yes, he makes space jam. <laughs> he walks away. The Rockets win back-to-back championships. They come back. The Bulls win the next two. So they've won five of the last seven. Apparently, like the story of this is that they granted this camera crew incredible, unparalleled access to their locker room for the entire year. Damn. Because they had very publicly said... Phil Jackson's not coming back. Scotty Pippen, like in the first episode, like, you know, is very unhappy. Michael wants like this huge raise. Like he's already getting paid more than anybody else, but he wants a huge raise. Like you find out the title even in the first or second episode that like every year Phil Jackson put together like a booklet of like this is our basically our plan for the year, like what we like yeah. our goals. And he called this one the last dance. Oh. And so these ten episodes, these ten hours are just following the Bulls season, sort of. Yeah, it's
1: more of the people and stuff, yeah.
0: Episode two is all about Scottie Pippen. Episode three, what I'm watching right now, is all about Dennis Rodman. And so it's just, it's offering, like, I knew about it and spoiler they win the championship so like we all know how it ends yeah. you no know, and like it's really well made and like it's it's very good it's not as crazy i don't think as oj but like there's still seven i still have seven and a half hours to go you know like there's a lot more yeah that could happen so growing up my two best friends were both magic fans because i feel like every kid who didn't have like a basketball team in the 90s loved shack and penny or at least you know all yeah, my Shaq. friends did for sure yeah they both loved penny and so like whenever we would play like basically like we would call it two on two but it would just like be me and one of them against ourselves. Like we would just like play both sides of the ball. And they always wanted to be Penny. And I was like, okay, fine. I'll be Shaq, whatever. And like that turned out well because Shaq is like <laughs> one of the probably five or 10 best players of all time. And Penny's like, yeah, he was pretty good for a while. Yeah. <laughs> You know, I was a Magic fan. I was kind of a Nets fan, but I remember because they—I was sort of following because I didn't really, I didn't really care about basketball I, that yeah. much.
1: I agree because we didn't have a basketball team, so like, I, I, like I was always out of the loop.
0: We had the Nets and the Nets, but the Nets got good later. Like the Nets were good yeah. like the late '90s. So like early and mid '90s, I was kind of a Magic fan, but I was more of like the uh,
1: Yankees. Like I cared more about baseball. Same, same, but like not like that. I mean, like I can relate.
0: Actually, side note: Did you see that there's proposed realignment for the baseball season, and it's basically. They're combining the AL and NL East, Central, and West, so there's just like three big divisions, but they're oh. moving the Pirates to the East, and they're moving the Braves to the Central. Supposedly,
1: perfect. No, I didn't see this.
0: So the rumor has it that they're going to be playing like a hundred game season. This is the current idea, at least. Okay. And I think you're only playing teams in your division, so they'll probably play the Yankees like ten or eleven times, maybe. <laughs> what? Maybe. Really? Maybe. That'll be
1: awesome, dude. That'll be really cool.
0: I don't know much more than that because I'm also still trying not to get my hopes up about baseball coming back. But True. like, it's like the Yankees, Red Sox, Jays, Rays, and Orioles, and then it's the NL, so it's like the Mets, Marlins, Phillies. Nationals and Pirates um, so Whoa. they would be the only teams that you would play I guess for, the, for you know, 100 games or whatever so we'll see, how we'll see if that happens so yeah anyway so in in the 90s I did not like Jordan because my friends didn't like him and like I didn't have any connection to the Bulls and I think he's too good I'm gonna hate him but in retrospect, I was like, I wish that I embraced him because, like, there's never going to be another one. Like, LeBron is amazing, and LeBron is maybe the second best player ever. You know, but, like, he's not Michael, right? Like, he's whatever. And I'm trying to, like, appreciate and take in him, not at the end of his career by any stretch, but, close to the end of his career, and just trying to carry this goddamn team.
1: I think I can remember probably this season, because my father, like I said, you know, Pittsburgh never had a basketball team, so, like, we never watched basketball ever. But I remember, like, this being so big and so important my dad and I were like watching these games. Or my dad would yeah. be like, Did you see what the fuck happened in this game last night on Sports Center? and would like be like, here, watch this, you know what I mean? And be like, Look how crazy this was But yeah. like I remember him watching the games being like, Damn, this is nuts. The only memories I have of basketball are Jordan Pippen and Dennis Rodman playing basketball like that season.
0: Scotty Pippen's out for the first three months. Like he was basically way underpaid. And I don't. I'm not gonna like, get too far into it, but like yeah. he was way underpaid, so he elected to wait for the season to start to have surgery, and so he was out for a while. And like he demanded <laughs> awesome. a trade. like there's there's all this crazy stuff. So like when you watch it at, at some point. But yeah. they're currently airing two episodes per Sunday night on ESPN. Yep. There is the—it's kind of like Hard Knocks, where it's like the unedited, uncensored. There's not that much swearing, and that's on ESPN. And I think they're airing the censored version on ESPN too. So just make sure that if okay, you're watching cool. live or you're Tivoing or whatever, grab the right one—the
1: one that you want. Yeah.
0: Yes. Because like the first time I—I I don't know if I told you this, but like the first time I ever watched Hard Knocks, I recorded it at like because I forgot the pre- it premiered, so I just grabbed it at like seven o'clock the next night. I was like. Wait, why is it bleeped? Like I thought this is the whole point was like the the raw vert, the raw look. And it's like, oh no, I just grabbed the wrong one. Okay. Yeah. Very good. So there's 10 hours, so there's been 6 out when this comes out and then there's two this upcoming Sunday and then two the Sunday after that. So, I think if you like basketball, if you like just sports narratives, if you're just looking for like a good documentary Jordan, like, you know? Yeah. What I mean, people like Michael
1: yeah. Jordan and don't like basketball and shit, so
0: yeah. And then the only other thing that I want to talk about is I finally, not finally because we it just came out, but we talked about a little bit last episode as I watched the Beastie Boys doc. The Beastie Boys And
1: story. go ahead tell me what you think.
0: I loved it. I mean, I, of course I loved it. Yeah. Here's my biggest takeaway and this is sort of a relief is that I, this they recorded, I'm sure at least a couple shows, right? But like yes. what they recorded would have been the show that I was at. It would have been cool to be there, but I don't I don't regret not going, if that makes sense.
1: I don't either, honestly. It was very cool as a live experience. But I think that they captured everything that you saw very well, right. and it probably even played better on film than it did live. If there's any flubs or anything like that, like that'd be like, oh yeah, remember he like messed this line up or something.
0: In the credits, I don't know. Did you watch the credits since I since I talked to you about them? Or... No, I haven't had a chance to. So there's like twelve minutes of kind of like some bloopers like that and some like bonus skits and stuff. And like there were people in the crowd. Like David Cross was there one night, and Steve Buscemi was there one night, and. That's cool. Maybe Ben Stiller was there one night? Someone. They all asked basically the same question. Yeah, like, I loved it. I'm glad that I got to see it, but I'm not, like... Especially considering it's, like, $100. Like, I would have liked to see them. I don't regret not going. But, again, sort of just the same thing, like, if you like sports, watch The Last Dance. If you like music or the Beastie Boys or documentaries or rap or whatever... Get the Apple TV trial or just pay for a month and just watch this thing.
1: Dude, there was a point in the beginning where they talk about who their, I'm not going to spoil it, they talk about who their NYU friend was. And when they said his name, I was just like, or like my brain just exploded to be like, oh, fuck, I totally forgot he's involved in all of this shit, right? Yeah. Like when I heard that, I was like, oh, my God. God, that's ab- it was like when I was watching the the Dr. Dre one,
0: the defiant ones.
1: Remember when they were like Jimmy Iovine's like, yeah, and Stevie Nicks was my girlfriend living in my basement. Yes. And I was like, like, yeah. what the fuck? Like, I totally didn't even think about this. Yeah. So
0: the best moment I think of the entire thing. I'm not gonna bleep. The, I just like if you if what, you don't want it to be spoiled, skip ahead a little bit. But like when Ad Rock is talking about MCA, like he, he like gets like it's sort of like 90s like teacher just like turns the chair arounds like I'm gonna get real with you, but like he just sits on the edge of the stage and then he goes and says. Next to Mike D, just turns. He's like, "You got to finish." He's like, I "Can't." Like he look. He's like about to. Like he's like, "Yeah." Choking back tears, but he's just like, "I can't say this." And then you know they finish. Like it's just there's such emotion there. And like what I loved about this, and I mentioned this last episode, is that like MCA was my favorite. And like I know that they're kind of maybe to a certain extent that like because he's not there, they're not taking any shots. Like they're not making like they're true. joking about themselves, right? And they but like yeah everything they say about him. And maybe this is true. And maybe they didn't want to joke about him. But like they're putting him on such a pedestal. But like he just seems amazing. Yeah. Like, just talking about how, like, he just came up with the baseline for Sabotage, and just like, it, what, what is that? It's like, oh, it's just something I wrote. It's like, wait, how, what? And then, like, him, you know, doing the free to bet stuff, and just, like, everything at MCA did. Very cool. I was like, this yep. is just amazing. Like, it's just, it's so cool to be, like, a fan of, like, theirs, and especially of his, and, like, man oh man like I just had such a good time watching it and I was uh I can't recommend that highly enough
1: good yeah I agree with you brother it was awesome I, I loved it I loved all the like the nuance to it there's like a lot of cool edits and stuff like that behind the scenes kind of stuff that I liked it was a great story they seemed pretty honest about it too right like they didn't seem to cover too much shit up they didn't paint themselves in a great light
0: no because like they talk about how like the first one was so amazing and like the you know licensed ill was such a huge deal and then they just kind of became what they didn't want to become, and then the second album just tanked, and like it yeah. was tough for a while. Like going back, because I didn't really know. Like I knew some of it, but I didn't know all of it. And like I know Same. now, like Paul's boutique is my favorite album, and it's like I had no idea that it flopped this hard as it did. Like I was just like, how could it? How could this flop? Because it's amazing, but yeah, didn't do well.
1: I'm glad you liked it. I'm glad yeah. you watched it. Yeah,
0: so that's on uh, Apple TV Plus, I think it's called. So either get a yeah. trial, or if you have the year, if you bought like an iPhone or something last year, just pay five bucks for the month and just you know watch
1: that. It's worth the five bucks for that alone, I think. Yeah. Yeah, I'd pay five bucks to watch that.
0: Any other extracurriculars that you've been up to?
1: No, I, I laid it all out. That's, that's what I, all I got.
0: Well, we have a Patreon here on the show, TooFast2Forever.com. Too I actually totally forgot. I think we mentioned it on the show. Uh, this is what we talked about a little bit a couple days ago. What? But like, I forgot that we bought the domain 2F2F.family, which is just very funny. <laughs> but I got the email that like both those domains are up for renewal and like the family domain is like even though people are paying us on patreon, just like more. it i can't like it's not it's not like it's a funny joke but like i'm not paying 24 a year to use a, have a domain that we don't use <laughs> it was funny to us for the time that we had it though but anyway shout out to cassie wilson jake freer ben milliman nick burris alex ellen justin Kleiman, and brian rodriguez of high school slumber party and on patreon no not yet no spoilers
1: Fuck, okay.
0: Uh, If you want swag and merchandise, if you want stickers, early access to episodes. So here's another thing. I don't know how to say this because it's something I messaged to you, but I was in the middle of one of your hell days and you didn't respond that I don't know if you even read it. I want to say it, but I don't know. There's an upcoming perk that I have an idea for, and it's a voting thing. And what I want to do as part of the 100th episode, and I'm going to bleep this part. There's so many bleeps. Like This bleep technology is going to be all over this episode. But I want to open 2F2F...
1: Oh yeah, we talked about this. I like it.
0: What I want to do is open it to the public and have people vote, but I want patron votes to count more.
1: Like you get like ten.
0: I don't know. We got to figure out the we got to figure out the math of it all.
1: How about we just separate it? We just do two.
0: I don't want to have separate halls. I mean, we'll see how that goes. But like, there's okay. perks that aren't even perks yet because they don't exist yet. But stickers, access to the Fast mm-hmm. and Furious minute document, early access to the intro episodes, our undying love and affection, all of that at Too Fast to forever.com plus this weirdly vague perk that's coming up on the 100th episode you'll, you'll see what's going on then but joe we also have an email address here on the show family at cageclub.me. and we've got uh, like seven ish
1: kind of emails interesting okay seven damn
0: so the first one is from hector and it is a car picture so he says hey joe he's got another car pick for you and i will save that for later so hector one two three four four Five, six, seven, including three from Hector. Wow. We'll get to it. We will get to it. uh, We will. We
1: might have to speed it up soon. Like, not tonight, but we might have to speed it up soon. Nozboost. We'll do a couple bonus ones, yeah.
0: Okay, so that's one. So then Wes caught up, and he sent in two emails that span three episodes, but I kind of like the idea of closing with him. You know, we've we've joked about him being the closer, because it's so detail-oriented, so skip him for now. So now, next email, also from Hector, subject line, Thanks. Says, hey guys, just heard the Death Proof episode and just want to tell Justin, thank you, my bro. This is him talking about how, like, hearing Hector being so into cars made him happy. Yeah.
1: Yeah, yeah. That's really cool.
0: Hector says, yeah. hopefully you get through this shitty virus and shit, sending prayers for you and your wife. That's all I want to say. Stay fast. Stay furious.
1: Look at this. Look at this cute little family, man. Yeah. Warms my heart every time. It yeah. does.
0: Love it. I love it.
1: Same. Like, you guys might us. So happy. Thank you.
0: Our next email is from Ben Milliman, who emailed this last episode. He just says, is Han in Crossroads? So he says, so I watched the trailer for the FNF game Crossroads, which as of right now is still supposed to come out, I think, at the end of May. I think.
1: Yes, we talked about this.
0: We're going to cover it in some way. We've talked about this. I don't know how, because I don't know when it's actually coming out. Like, once I... I don't think you're going to buy a video game, but like, once I at least have it, we can figure out how to talk about it.
1: Yeah, you could Twitch some for me or something. Yeah, Yeah, we could do something.
0: So, he says, I watched the trailer for Crossroads. I noticed in one of the scenes, Letty says, you're doing this for revenge. We're doing it for justice. He says, the only thing I know in FNF that has to do with justice is Han. So, I watched the trailer a couple more times, checked the websites, and rewatched the F9 trailer. Found out that in the game the heroes are Dom, Letty, and Roman. If you go to the Crossroads website and go to the heroes options, it shows in this order Letty, Dom, and Roman. In the F9 trailer, when Han shows back with the family, you see him in the same order. Letty first, then Dom, oh. then Roman. They don't focus on anyone else's faces in that scene. Does this mean Letty, Dom, and Roman know that Han is alive because they find and or save him in Crossroads? He says, I might be putting too much thought into this, but I really want to play the game and find out. What do you guys think? Dude,
1: now that the movie's pushed back, that will be an excellent, excellent bridge. If you get to a point in the game where where the storyline starts to get too good, then I'm going to have to buy and play this game. Yep. Uh, so, I mean, I'll leave it in your hands. We could definitely talk about it. Uh, hey, man, I'm with you. We watched Breaking Bad. We know how they like to feed you the things. If you had any writer with any creativity, I think you just cracked the whole fucking case open. It sounds perfect to me. I'm with you. I hope that you're right, Ben.
0: The game was supposed to come out. I think the game got delayed. I think, I don't remember the exact timeline. I think the game was always supposed to come out a little before the movie. Maybe the game got delayed. I don't know. But I wonder if, like, if it was supposed to be, like, a tie-in with the game, or with the movie, and they they sort of spoil things? Like, I want, I'm very curious. Like, I think yeah, everything I am, is Ben's laying out could be true true i'm just you know it's um i don't know i'm I'm very curious to see i just hope the game is good even if the game is bad if like the cutscenes are cool Same. i'm okay with that too totally fine with it yes so ben thank you for that i mean i have not i think i maybe watched one trailer for the game like a long 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 time ago but uh it's on our docket we're gonna get to it at some point in some fashion but yeah we'll see very interesting cool our next email this is what i screenshotted to you last night even though i don't yes. think i i sort of i i'm I'm kind of bummed that I ruined the surprise, but I know that she messages on Facebook a lot and I didn't want to have you learn in another way as opposed to from the horse's yeah. mouth being the horse. New $10 patron, meet Haley Gerby. So thank you, Haley, so much for supporting us on Patreon. So Haley, like I messaged you on on Facebook, you get two picks next lap. You know, just it's the Brian Rodriguez quoted quarantine special buy one get one free
1: yes it is awesome I already talked to Haley and she's having a great day she just sent me a picture of Mike and Ikes so her day is going flawlessly apparently very very cool yeah yeah like just minutes ago like as we were recording I saw that I got a message from her so yeah thanks Haley we appreciate it I love getting messages from you we bullshit all the time so keep sending them I'll respond.
0: Actually, so here's the thing. So I was saying that I, I want to have... Because we had the four horsemen, and then Brian became the fifth, and now we have six of the $10 okay. tier, and I was saying I can't wait to have the Gallo 12. I mean, we have 11 patrons, <laughs> so whoever joins next makes, forms our Gallo 12 in total, right? Like, it's just yeah. 12 patrons, so if you want to join, us too fast... <laughs> To forever.com join the gallo 12 immortalized there might have to be some kind of commemorative swag or something for the for the gallo 12 i don't know
1: no i have no idea but i'm down god i want to fuck it i want some so much swag i really I do know.
0: our next email is from jason dickinson feel the speed feel the rush and he's just letting us know Ooh. in this email i think he also sent it to facebook that on this day in 2011 on the day that we're recording wednesday april 29th in 2011 Ooh. fast five came out
1: nice well, happy anniversary, Fast Five. The first one I great... ever saw,
0: but not in theaters, of course.
1: Yeah, it was a great pivot point. That yeah. was it, man. Yeah. So thank you, Fast Five.
0: That's all it took. All right, our last two emails, like I said, both from Wes Hampton. Subject line of the first one, Vanishing Point and Death Proof. What up, fam?
1: What up, Wes? What's up, brother? It says,
0: last week were both great episodes. I still haven't seen Vanishing Point, but Mrs. Wes and I love Death Proof. I had no idea there were two different cuts, but I guess the longer one is the one we're more familiar with. We saw it at least once in theaters as part of Grindhouse, but we've seen it many times on Blu ray, just by the longer cut. Anyway, here are my new episode, Observations. Okay. I think I was reading a bit too much into it when I said Keanu was the original choice for the director of Etion. I found an article in which the director cleared it up. Basically, he really wanted to find a role for Keanu and had some meetings with him on the project, but ultimately, Ah. they wanted to give him something with more meat to it, and it couldn't find anything that really fit. However, the door is still open for him to join in a later movie. So it seems like maybe they wanted him to be the director, but the director's role in the first movie was so small, it didn't make sense to put him there. That makes sense. That doesn't mean he won't be brought in to play the director when we finally see who it is, and the character is a little more real.
1: That's really good clarity, to be honest.
0: I think to a certain extent like I've, i remember reading that i think we even maybe mentioned that on one of the pods at some point when you get keanu reeves i think it's different from getting even though he's still a huge star it's different than getting like a ryan reynolds or a kevin hart or whatever yeah. where it's like they're on screen for five or ten minutes but like you know that you want more like keanu is bigger than the two like they're both huge but keanu yeah. in terms of whatever is bigger and you don't want to do that even if they're going to say like hey you're coming back next movie they want to have him probably like the size of the Brixton roll or whatever, right? So like whether good I or agree. bad, yep. you know, you don't want to undercut Keanu.
1: Yeah, I'm. For, uh, the, I I would agree with that. Can you imagine? Like, actually, I think we'd be a little disappointed if like Keanu would have just been like like he would have like turned the chair around and it would have been him at the end. I mean, like we'd have been amped, but it would have well, been like I mean, why the
0: fuck we talked about was it in an email or was it with someone but we were talking about Jason Statham supposed to be in or maybe it was Brian that Statham was supposed to be the villain in six and they couldn't get it to work out and so they got yes the other guy instead and then yes that's when they had Statham show up at the end when Statham showed up in the credits I lost my goddamn mind like I didn't think about it as like a missed opportunity I was like oh this is gonna be incredible in the next movie so like I think if yeah, the movie ended Keanu turns around in the chair I'd be like Fuck yeah. Like, I wouldn't think of it as a negative at all. I'd be like, yes, the next one is going to be even better. Yeah, that's fair. Um, He says, you guys brought up Folding at Home, and I got such a weird wave of nostalgia. I know you're Xbox fans, but the PS3 originally came with Folding at Home installed, and I remember oh, cool. them really pushing people to run it when they weren't playing anything on the system. They used to have minds that to the run up the PS3 set idle, it would show a graphical representation of whatever protein it was mm-hmm. working on, like a screensaver. I haven't mm-hmm. thought about that in a long time.
1: Yeah, folding it home. Really cool. I, I enjoy that. I didn't know about the PlayStation 3 part of it. That's really cool.
0: I feel like maybe, I mean, I've had, I had a PS3. I had a Slim. I think I had a Slim. Maybe it was the Slim? I don't know.
1: Yeah, the second one that came out. I think I yeah. got one because they like dropped their pants on them for a little bit. And I was like, oh, this sounds like a fun idea. I definitely played a bunch of it. Like FIFA. You know what I mean? Like something really mindless but yeah
0: i probably saw folding at home on there but didn't know what it was and never clicked on it and i was like all right whatever
1: turn off my notification send to apple or whatever (laughs) like
0: uh, he says, Justin's guitar story was so weird and great. I could definitely imagine that happening around here as well, about the uh, the homeless man or the drunk guy or whatever coming up and just <laughs> yeah. asking for a guitar tuner and then being like, hey, can you do Tunis? this? Tune this?
1: Yeah. yeah. I love that story. That's a really good one.
0: Says, I don't know why I wrote down a note about what we do in the shadows, but the movie is so good, the show is maybe even better. I don't know if it's a hot take, but it's legitimately one of my favorite shows on TV right now. Ooh. Season two so far has been as good or better than season one. Have you seen the Ooh. movie or the show?
1: Neither. Or wait, what, what's it about?
0: It's like a vampire parody, kind of. It's like...
1: Oh, you know what? I heard... I, I saw something about the the show, and Rachel wanted to watch it, but I didn't. I don't think I've seen the movie, either.
0: The movie's incredible. The movie came first. It was coming out like, five or six years ago, probably. And then yeah. season two of the show is on right now. Season one was last year. I'm not a huge fan of the show. Maybe I'm just not into it when I'm watching it. Maybe it's one of those things where, like, if I rewatch it from the beginning, I will be more on board. I don't know if I needed more. You know what I mean? But they had one episode in the first season where they talk about their, there's the vampire council and they bring in vampires from, like, all different movies. And they talk oh, about how, like... Nice. Brad Pitt and Tom Cruise from Interview of the Vampire just like they're too they're too famous or too important to be here or whatever <laughs> they have Wesley Snipes as Blade but like dialing in remotely like via Skype <laughs> and they have all sorts of like it's just it's a very cool episode
1: that's cool I like that
0: I'm uh, right there with you Wes on the movie I'm not I don't dislike the show I'm still watching it but I just don't love the movie or love the show the way I love the movie makes sense Wes says you mentioned the cops from Death Proof being from Kill Bill but did you know they originated in From Dusk Till Dawn the older cop and the sequel the younger cop they play father and son Kevin characters, and the actors are also real-life father and son. I remember that being a little Easter egg from Kill Bill.
1: Weird. I feel like I know this story for some reason. Like, you just scratched a weird itch in my brain that I was like, this sounds familiar, but I don't know why or where I heard it from.
0: So that was, I think, for sure in the trivia that... I cut out, because there's just so much trivia about every Tarantino movie that I didn't cut out. Because I saw the first one, and currently as we're recording this, From Dusk Till Dawn is battling for its life against bad boys in our action bracket. From Dusk Till Dawn's great. I've never seen the second one. I will say, and here's a little bit of kill bill trivia that you might know wes and joe you might know but in the beginning it's michael parks and his son i don't remember his son's name john maybe i don't know but they're the cop the father son cop duo whatever but michael okay. parks the older one also plays esteban Vejeo at the end of kill bill 2 remember that like south american pimp that she goes to see yes that actor yes, is the same that. actor as the older cop Ah, uh,
1: okay cool where
0: he's like only on the condition that you call me Esteban.
1: Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like he like cut the one girl's tongue out or lip open or something. Yes. I remember this. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
0: that guy, same actor. So all sorts cool. of all, all sorts of little trivia and Easter eggs there. Nice. He says the bar they go to after Gueros in the beginning of Death Proof is the Texas Chili Parlor, although only the interior was shot there. The porch is somewhere else. Believe it or not, we've never been, but I hope it survives the pandemic, or I'll be kicking myself.
1: Yeah, man. Like Joey was saying you know, you take a lot of these things for granted. Like, you're like, we'll go there eventually. It's like, no, dude, like, I want to fucking go. Yeah, there. it's a cool looking bar, too. Yeah. That's like a bar that, like, I would love to hang out in, right? Like, I could spend a full day drinking beers there and just be like a happy boy.
0: Mm-hmm. And here's another little bit of Austin trivia. You mentioned they drove past the Ritz on 6th, but at the time it wasn't an Alamo Draft House yet. Alamo didn't take over and open Ritz until a few months after Grindhouse was released. Oh, Oh, I didn't know that it was... I guess it was just the Ritz. I I didn't know that they co-opted it. That's very cool. Very cool. He says, While I was typing this and thinking about the movie, something else just popped into my head. I think Mrs. West saw them filming part of this one day. Everyone knew Tarantino and Rodriguez were working on a new project in Austin while it was filming, but we Ah. didn't know what it was exactly. Mrs. West used to work in Westlake off 360, this is a two-lane highway with a wide grassy medium through rolling hills for listeners not from here. I used to work on 360. My sister lives off 360. I know 360 very well, but... Uh, I've
1: probably driven it.
0: <laughs> local Austin reference. He says, I started to write what I remembered of her story, but I just messaged her about it, so I'll copy her message instead. So this is cool. now, I guess, the first time that Mrs. Wes is writing a podcast. Yes. Yeah,
1: I'll count it. I'm going to count it.
0: It was the yellow and black Mustang from the beginning. It was on the side of 360 up on that tow rig for filming driving scenes, and he was walking around the outside of the trailer slash rig, whatever it's called, like framing shots. I did a U-turn further up, and when I made it back past them, they were driving, I assume, filming. I totally forgot until you brought it up. Yeah, I was hoping to see him more around town during that, but it just happened coming home from work like a normal thing
1: that's that's still super cool. yeah. Can you imagine cool. just seeing Tarantino just like pointing and yelling at this stupid car or something. <laughs> I can imagine him yelling at the car. That's that's that's, that's what I'm visualizing. Him being like, "What fuck?" And like pointing and just yelling.
0: You know, Tarantino's not from Austin. I think Tarantino just goes wherever his movies taken. But Robert Rodriguez, I think, is based in Austin. And I remember. I don't know if you'll remember, but a couple episodes ago, or who knows, time is weird. I was talking about uh, Airport Boulevard and how the airport moved yes. in Austin. Yes. So yes. near Airport Boulevard, there is like this whole shopping center kind of thing that now is apartments and there's now an Alamo there it's uh okay and it's near where my sister and I used to live down there and it was very cool, and in there, in that whole development, was, I think, Troublemaker Studios, or, like, at least Robert Rodriguez had a production ah. studio there. I don't know where, but, like, he's definitely got a whole big base of operations, like, five minutes from where I was living, so. I never That's saw him there, cool. but, like, it was right there.
1: Very cool. I'm sure he was around somewhere.
0: Oh, for sure. He says, any. Uh, Wes says, anyway, that should be more than enough for me this week. Well, we got more coming up, so, not enough. Not enough, Wes. <laughs> There's never enough, Wes. Yes, looking forward to the live stream this Sunday, which we'll have already passed by the time this comes out as i mentioned i have no plans until next time stay furious wes
1: i'm stoked for the live stream it's gonna be it's gonna be a good time i mean it was a good time it was it was a great time yeah exactly
0: okay next email f6 what up fam what up wes the f6 episode was a wild ride as always brian's a fun guest I love Letty's car in the movie, and I even sent it in the early days of Dude, What's My Car? I think Joe wasn't even familiar with the manufacturer back then. How far you've come from not knowing the car to being so big (laughs) that they'll sponsor you, even though they went out of business nine years ago. (laughs) I only have a couple things today.
1: Okay. (laughs) Thank you. I'm glad Wes gets it. Yeah. Wes gets it. (laughs) He you mentioned the movie
0: War, that has Jason Statham, Sung Kang, Devin Aoki, and Brian Ho. I've been tracking Jason Statham's movies to try to see them all. He's done some really good movies and a bunch of very bland and forgettable ones. This is one of the forgettable ones. Oh. I only remember Statham and Jet Li. I was just as surprised as you that Sung Kang and Devin Aoki were in it.
1: Damn. That has to be really bad then or something, right? Like, if you don't remember Suki and Han are in this movie, like...
0: I mean, it depends on when you saw it, I guess, but, like, we're gonna watch it at some point. We will. And yeah. we're going to enjoy it for the fast actions. I think like I think what Wes is doing to a certain extent is what Mike and I are doing for the different and what you and I have done watching movies for certain actors, and it's like if they're not good in it or they're not interesting or whatever, you're kinda down on the movie. It's yeah. And this movie yep. might not be good, but like what we've proven in the Fast Nections thing is that even when a movie's not good, we can find goofy shit to like point out and be like, Oh, that's cool. Yep. I agree. Like, we can be like, why is Han doing that? Why is Suki doing that? Yeah. He says, you also asked about the timeline in regards to Baby Jack. I always get hung up on timelines in movies and shows, and I think I've written about this one before, so I won't go into the whole thing, but the timeline for these movies, as you know, is wildly inconsistent. Yeah. He says, he if you go on the FNF this. wiki, there's actually a whole forum discussion about how to best establish a timeline. Basically, two schools of thought, marking time by the relative baby ages marking time based on the model of model years of cars he says Ugh. the movie can't be set before the release year of the newest model car in it predictably these two things rarely line up and i don't think that they <coughs> particularly care i believe the only concrete date we have in nine movies is that his f4 is set in 2009 based on letty's tombstone that's exactly. it for this week until next time stay furious
1: thanks, Wes. You know, we're just playing around trying to pin down the timeline, but I I do think that they they do not care. There's, like, they don't even need to establish, it. like, once three was, like, retro, like, they don't
0: care. We for sure have talked about how the timelines are crazy inconsistent and not very helpful and retrofitted and whatever. I don't yeah. really care when the beginning of six is. I'm just more curious, at least in the conversation we were having, about how much time basically elapsed over the opening credits. Like, whether it was yeah. supposed to be instantaneous or or whether it was actually, you know, six months or whatever. Not that it matters, but I'm just, you know, I was curious in that regard. Same, yeah. That's all the emails for today, so thank you all so much for writing in. If you want to write in family at cageclub.me, let us know what's going on. Check out our Patreon page, of course. Join the Gallo 12. Be immortalized forever. Ooh. Ooh. Be a part of our Gallo 12. Cool. All right. On the streets, Joe. News about the Fast and Furious. I have one thing here, and this is from today. And Tell this me. will have been old news by the time this comes out, but since... Universal, NBC Universal, oh, yeah. patrols world tour out on home video.
1: Yes, basically
0: skirted theaters. Yep. AMC theaters, who by the way is four billion dollars in debt—not <laughs> not an exaggeration, literally four billion dollars in debt—has said they are not going to play any Universal movies in any AMC movie theater. So, if that holds true, go ahead. Yeah, F nine will not be in the nation's largest movie chain.
1: Yeah. I got the same um, news from a couple different friends, a couple different friend groups. Like, you know, they let me know about this. Just, you know, movie-wise, right? Like, they were talking about a movie. And I was like, this is fucking hilarious because let's see how long that stays when fast 9 comes out like they're not going to want the biggest movie Jurassic in the Jurassic world.
0: world sequels like there's so many movies that universal <laughs> will make a billion dollars on so here's the thing when movie theaters reopen and by the time this episode comes out unfortunately there will be movie theaters that have reopened in the in the US which is way too soon yeah things that i've heard rumored about is that they're only going to allow every other row seating and then in those rows that they have on only, like, every third seating or something like that, right? So, like, instead of being able to seat 120 people, you're maybe at, like... 20 yeah you know the we were talking about this today when we talked about the the, the news that like operating expense is close to 100 percent, or say 75 yeah. because you need maybe slightly fewer employees there the revenue is at most 20 percent, and that's if they sell out those 20 percent. and like people are going to want to go back to the movies because people are gonna be like this is all a hoax whatever i'm gonna go back and re- resume my normal life but i think that the people who aren't that dumb But are still kind of like dumb enough or whatever, or like antsy enough to go out, aren't going to go out this weekend or next weekend or whatever to the movie theater. They're going to go to like a park or they're going to go to like somewhere else. Like they're going to try to do a restaurant or something, right? Like it's not going to be movie Art. theaters. Yeah.
1: It's definitely not going to be movie theaters. I do like the the imagery of like I don't know. I like everything about this. I like that AM like the theaters are trying to strong arm the movie industry when streaming is like completely taking over. It's hilarious to me. And I also like these things being like, yeah, we should open these businesses back up and it's like, you know, a restaurant can't fully staff like, a waitstaff in a kitchen if you're going to have, like, four tables that you could sit at. Yeah. People like to say shit, and the practicality of it happening is vastly different, and um, that's something I deal with every day, so, yeah. Yeah,
0: and also today, and they they made very clear, sure, very, they were very clear, and they were very sure about this being temporary, but the Academy of Motion Picture Arts and Sciences, a.k.a. the group that awards Oscars, said movies that debut on streaming platforms this year will be eligible for Oscars. Like, they're okay, basically for one year waving. The There's reason, some kind of rule, I remember. Yes. The, the yeah. reason that, like, Roma or... What was the... Irishman. The Irishman. Like, the reason that those movies go to a theater for, like... Two weeks is like to make a little bit of money, but just to fit into this like arcane old rule that like movies have to be in theaters. Mm -hmm. This year, they're just saying because basically the world fell apart or the world is on pause or however you want to phrase it, that you no longer have to be in theaters to be qualified. Couple AMC being like, hey, we're four billion dollars in debt, but still (laughs) we're going to like spurn one of like the three or four biggest, you know what I mean? And then like, oh, by the way, Disney, you know, who owns everything by the way, it has its own delivery, like, distribution platform, like, yep. what's to stop them from being like, okay, cool, like, Disney+, Plus. if you are a Disney+, Plus subscriber, you get a half-off discount for, like, whatever, right? But, like, so it's a $20 rental if you're not, or a $10 rental if you are, and, like, by the way, whatever, you know what I mean? Like, yep. it's going to disrupt everything, and meanwhile, AMC <sighs> is, like, it. whatever, and then the, the Oscars, <laughs> like, everything is going to change. So many things are going to be disrupted, but yeah, AMC, like, I love you. I mean, AMC's I don't love you. AMC's big
1: dick in it. <laughs> they're just big dick in it over here. I love, uh, Like, that's what I was saying. Everything about this is hilarious to me. Like, you're in no position to, like, no. do this. No. So. It's
0: going to get undone, but, you know, I it, it's it's insane. It is insane. I wonder so. what,
1: now I want to know, like, what asshole has to backtrack this, right? Like, that's my favorite part of this, right? Like, what's going to be the, like, oh, no, we made, like, a deal or something. Like, that, that, they're going to have to, like, come off like they still Won this somehow? Yes. But like they just open their mouths so stupidly. They need to be like, "Oh yeah, like sorry, like that wasn't." <sighs> uh, we love Universal at AMC, and like they're great. And here it's us shaking hands again. And
0: yeah. Did you find any news about the Fast and Furious or the related the related yeah. topics? So then I'm going to do Rock the Vote. I'm going to search the Rock President on Google News. And see, there's a bunch of news, but nothing about The Rock himself. Okay. Again, just the uh, Jim Ross of The Rock would win. And I'm search Dwayne Johnson president. Jesse Ventura is teasing a presidential run for 2020. Please let it happen.
1: <laughs> I know, right? And
0: yeah, nothing else.
1: Poor The Rock. We wanted you, brother. He had my vote.
0: Four years from now. That's, you know, it's coming. It's coming. It's coming.
1: What if The Rock runs against Kanye? Then I have to decide between the two.
0: I thought 2020 he was going to run the whole election.
1: Rock-Kanye ticket with Kanye being the vice president, so it's, like, not as dangerous?
0: I don't know. I don't... Dwayne Johnson's
1: in great health. We don't have anything to worry about with The Rock, right? Like, he's going to be around, so... All
0: right, so that's that's that. So the only other thing we have to do before we take a break is the Fast and the Furious Minute, Minute 55, a minute I called... Are you going native on me, Brian?
1: What we have is probable cause. And truckers arming themselves for some good old fashioned vigilante man. Tell us about Hector, Brian.
0: Now, Latinos Please. with spear guns, give me a
1: break. No, Hector's
0: still working on the engines for the cars, but the tires don't match. Will so- well, somebody just give me a cigarette? Get him a cigarette. Don't get him a cigarette. But you quit. Yeah, right? I did quit. Just give me a cigarette.
1: Get him a cigarette. No! Tell me about Toretto. Well, I told you, I think he's too controlled for this. I mean, what, going suicidal on semi-trucks? No way. I mean, maybe his buddy Vince, but he's too stupid to pull it off.
0: I think the kid's sister's blurring your vision. What'd you say? I don't blame you. I'd get off on her surveillance photos, too,
1: buddy. Oh! Oh! Knock it off! What, are you going NATO on me, Brian? Have you read Toretto's file lately? Yeah, memorize it. Yeah, we'll read it again. So in this minute,
0: Brian continues to share his findings with Bilkins, Tanner, and Muse. Brian asks for a cigarette, but Tanner won't let Muse give him one. Muse talks about how attractive Mia is, so Brian attacks him. Then Bilkins and Tanner break up the fight. So minute 55, do you like, first of all, do you like the title or do you have a better title for this one?
1: Best title. I always thought that he said, are you going NATO on me, Brian? Mm, okay. When I read it, I was like, interesting, and then I listened to it. It's definitely native, so.
0: I guess it's either meaning like, in a racist sense, it could be like, you know, Native American, sort of, but like, I don't know. Yes. But like, I think more realistically, it's like, are you in becoming more, and this is a legitimate threat, a legitimate fear that they have, are you becoming so, are you becoming too close to the people that you're with? Like, yes. are you siding in with them deep. over us?
1: Mm-hmm. Are you a townie?
0: My big takeaway from this minute is we just talked about in... Dirty Mary, Crazy Larry about how they didn't wear seatbelts and like, why do they show that on screen? Like just wear a seatbelt. And then we're talking about like smoking cigarettes. And I completely forgot that Brian, I guess at some point was or is a smoker. And I think it's very funny that Tanner is basically like Brian's dad, like, no, you're not smoking. You stop it.
1: You stop it right there. <laughs> Those are the worst kind of friends, by the way. Like, every time you're like, okay, like, I'm going to smoke a cigarette, they're like, I thought you quit. You're like, yeah, 10 years ago, this is the first cigarette I've had in a decade. Like, it's not like I'm instantly going to go buy a pack. You know yeah. what I mean? You're like, okay, I smoked one. Cool. There he goes. Done. I
0: also think that, like, Bilkins is being a really bad example there. He's just, like, puffing away in a cigar, right? So <laughs> yeah. like
1: In the house, too. What an asshole.
0: I know. In the like, house, Bilkins, like, sm- Evidence and other people and paperwork, and like in the kitchen,
1: yeah, there's like food there, there's donuts open on the counter. What an asshole!
0: And I do want to, I made a correction in the Fast and Furious minute document again, Patreon benefit, Patreon exclusive benefit. I thought it was unlit because, like, last minute it's not smoking, and then now it is smoking, so who knows? (laughs) It is
1: clear, you know, it's probably like. He, he just lit it for, like, the one scene that's on his face, right? Yeah. Like, the one shot that's on his face. He probably doesn't smoke cigars. So he's like, I'm not smoking. It's actually probably for continuity, too. Like, so the cigar doesn't just, like, shrink... Yes. they're like realigning everything
0: or that they're not using like 12 cigars for like the same scene yeah
1: yeah exactly
0: and my other really big takeaway here is that muse like i feel like this movie being from 2001 a lot of people come off a little bit racist where like back then it's like oh it's not so bad it's just how people talk but in retrospect Muse, <laughs> especially this minute comes off very badly because he says latinos with spear guns give me a break he's just like "Ugh, like <laughs> just those people with their toys like just like oh that's not great but then when he calls mia this is a very famous line or whatever the kid's sister's blurring your vision i was like ew that's like icky on a few different levels like a saying that she's the kid's sister which makes her seem super young but also b, like you know the next line is like i get off on her surveillance photos too buddy it's just like yeah you know i know that she's a baby but like i'm jerking it to her it's just like ew like stop like just stop it
1: (laughs) stop being stop being weird (laughs) stop Stop being weird (laughs)
0: stop being weird I'm not. I'm trying. no man. I'm just sitting Oh, y'all shut up. This
1: ain't fun time.
0: I just, I don't understand why Muse, he's so in the background. Like, he's just like the coffee boy. And then here he's just like, maybe that's why he's a coffee boy. Because like he can't not, he can't not put his foot in his mouth.
1: It's a very similar situation to the guy with the Gallo 12 and the Gallo 24, right? Like, just so you were mentioning that. It's like, you're a cop that's like, oh God, I get it. You, you're like, you're on the payroll already, but like, just... Just stay in the back and shut up.
0: Yeah, and I also... The only other thing I'm just looking at now is that they say cigarette in five straight lines. Somebody give me a cigarette, get him a cigarette, don't give him a cigarette, just give him a cigarette, get him a cigarette, and then Tanner just goes, No. So now the big the only other really big thing in this minute, and this is where you have a chance to shine, we get sort of the reverse angle. So like we were looking at the kitchen one way yes. and now we're looking at the kitchen the other way. So what did you see here? And there's something that I we, we skipped over, we sort of glossed over last time, which is a big revelation that you and I both had this minute.
1: Yeah. There's two things, right? Like some stuff came into focus, so we got a bunch of things. I'm gonna run through the highlights here. it's definitely not an arizona iced tea because it has a bottle like a squeeze bottle top on it
0: it looks like energy drinky sort of
1: yeah it's like some kind of like stupid energy drink juice kool-aid type shit Mm -hmm. it's definitely a pizza box we see some chinese takeout containers the bag that i said looked like a bag salad it is yellow corn chips Mm, okay and they begin with gui so i don't know what brand they are but you get like one clear in focus shot it's definitely yellow corn chips you can read that
0: okay yes i saw that mm-hmm.
1: the last thing was is the box i need you to confirm do you think that this is Krispy Kreme Donuts? Because it really looks like a Krispy Kreme Donuts box.
0: Let me take a look again. The – I mean the thing that I wanted to point – make note of is that you know everybody kind of has their little vice here. Like I think Tanner's with his coffee and Bilkin's with his cigar. Ooh. And Muse is thumbing the toothpick, right? They're – like things are getting tense that they're all like doubling down on the thing that like gets them by – and Muse is, has the toothpick and he throws the toothpick away, but there's the box of toothpicks basically like yep. four feet from him. Yep. I think it might be Krispy Kreme. It kind of looks like it has like the red lettering or like, or it's a it logo at least very similar. Yeah.
1: And the dots on the lid, like it looks like it could definitely be a Krispy Kreme donuts box because it's kind of an iconic box, right? Yeah. Like they mm-hmm. never changed it. It definitely struck that in my head. The last cool thing that I noticed that I wanted to surprise you with, but as I was typing it in the document... I watched you type it in the document.
0: A little bit of a quick backstory is that when we did the last minute, if anybody looked at the document, which I don't think anybody did, if you have, email family at cageclub.me. I realized that we didn't talk about like the refrigerator, and we didn't talk about the cabinets, and just like, in yes. terms of those kind of things that I used to note and I didn't note this time, so I wrote those down. And from the angle we were at last time, the refrigerator looked like this stainless steel refrigerator with nothing on it, and I wrote that down. And yes. then, when I'm watching it one more time before, because you were like, I got something, I'm blacking it out. Like sort of the uh the bow holden, by the way, his agent has not gotten back to me. I don't think he's gonna be on the podcast, unfortunately. Yeah. But I was just like, Oh, we have like a we have a new angle, we can see something. because you, you, you had blocked it out, and so it's a magnet, and I'm like, it looks like I'm like, I can't tell what it is, and then they cut the close up of Brian. We basically came to the same conclusion. It looks
1: like A sticky magnet that you would get for a baseball team that's, like, the list of, like, games and promotions on the magnet. Is that what it looked like to you, too? Yep.
0: It looks blue and orange, and I don't know, like, Dodgers obviously would be blue. I don't know, like, the orange, but, like, I don't know a better team. Like, it's not Angels colors. It's not, like, Lakers or Clippers colors.
1: Athletics. The A's. they're way
0: south of there. yeah I don't know like it's probably Dodgers but like it's a magnetic like, Dodgers. sports calendar magnet on their fridge and it was very very cool
1: yeah I know I was amped for it I was actually like looking on eBay to see like what a 2000 to 2001 <laughs> LA Dodgers magnetic calendar looked like surprisingly nobody has them so I tried though I tried for you guys I did
0: you did. So now the trivia question, I have two here. I don't know if either one of these is great or if you have a better one in mind, but one is, what does Your first Brian one's great. ask for when talking yes. to Bilkin's Tanner and Muse? Or, and the second one has kind of two answers, two correct answers. Why does Brian get upset when debriefing Bilkin's Tanner and Muse? So we could say no. that either Muse degrades Mia, or we could also say that, you know, Tanner refuses to give him a cigarette.
1: I like the, like, what does, or what does Brian ask for? I think that one's better. And my take would have been, like, what does Tanner not let Brian have or something? But I like your question better because it's, like, more vague.
0: Because we could also, like, it doesn't even have to be items. It could be, it could be like, like,
1: evidence. Yeah, it could be, evidence. like, backup
0: help or something, right?
1: Yeah, evidence, a new car.
0: And I think we need one more that's actually a physical thing because I think cigarette kind of sticks out like that.
1: Uh, like a coffee? Coffee.
0: So what does Brian ask for while talking to Bilkin's Tanner and Muse? A new car, backup. Does he
1: ask for a coffee in the last one? Did I just, like, blank out? In the last you, like, minute, get him a coffee.
0: Well, that's in the in the first go round. They're like, you know, they have the decaf, whatever, right?
1: Maybe it shouldn't be coffee then, just for clarity, like a donut.
0: Decaf, iced cappuccinos. Okay, yeah, we could do donut.
1: Just because coffee is a right answer, but earlier in the movie, you know what I mean? Yep, donut.
0: New car, backup, cigarette, donut, evidence. Any thoughts about minute 55? are you going native on me, Brian?
1: No, it's actually a really good minute, though. I, I I really like that one. The past two have been really nice. I like this scene a lot, and it's a scene that gets kind of blown by in the movie, and it's good yeah. that we got to break it down and watch it so much.
0: And it's kind of meaty. Like, it's kind of
1: a yeah, long it scene. it is.
0: And I also do want to point out that Brian memorized Dom's file, which I'm sure is not – I mean, it depends on how big it is. But, like, have you read Toretto's file lately? Yeah, I memorized that file. And Tanner's like, well, read it again. (laughs) Again. You're going native on me, Brian. Yeah. All right. Let's take a break. Come back, hear a word from our sponsor from Lamborghini, and talk about the Cannonball Run.
1: episode number 88 you're gonna see some shit (laughs) (laughs) this episode is brought to you not by delorean but by lamborghini which has paused but not stopped even in these isolating and sad times it is important to continue the fostering relationship with customers through the unica app and with their fans and enthusiasts via social media channels and launching the social media campaign stay at home thank you lamborghini this episode is cannonball run i just we (sighs) sorry
0: no like you know i i I get off like i'm so planned and so meticulous and i'm so careful about so many things two spoilers for upcoming episodes so jake's patreon pick is back to the future i realized when you said episode 88 i was like fuck we should have done back to the future this episode that would have been so funny and so cool and so perfect nope messed that up also (laughs) the star of this movie is burt reynolds we're doing smoking the bandit later we didn't have a burt reynolds week we're just doing this separate so like (coughs) god damn it like i'm just so disappointed for so many reasons right now but thank you alex ellen for supporting us on patreon and having us do this movie in the first place yes but god damn it
1: hey i didn't even know how many movies we had left so <laughs> i'm sorry
0: i know i know i know i know and oh, fuck. all right whatever it's fine it's fine all good anyway the cannonball run so this movie i will say has a very mixed reputation Critically, not very successful. Roger Ebert gave it one half star. Burt Reynolds is, like, embarrassed by it.
1: And Roger Ebert gave two fast two stars, or three stars, remember?
0: My question to everybody who doesn't like this movie is, like, what did you want it to be? Yeah, that's true, right? It's dumb. But it's fun. Like, I don't understand, like, it's not a great movie, but I had a lot of fun watching it. Like, I don't understand what you could want, like, what do you want this movie to be if you hate it?
1: (laughs) I think you want it to be like Ocean's Eleven, right? Like, you want it to be like, or just like something that's not zany and weird. Like, it's, it's, but it was a blast.
0: So the movie is about, there's a race called the Cannonball Run, which is based on a real race, which, have you heard of the, the real Cannonball Race? I guess you've seen this movie before.
1: I have. I didn't remember any of it. Like, I remember, okay. like, a couple scenes of it. That was all I remembered. Is the Cannonball Run real? Because I know that they do the gumball every year, and I'm like, we follow that a lot. Is it based on that, or is it different, or what?
0: So, I don't... I think they're different, because there's also a movie called The Gumball Rally. Yes. Which I think is based on that. So, yes. This, so, the, there's the Cannonball Run, yeah. and there's trivia that I'll get to you later about it. The first one, because it started in the 70s, and just, like, one guy did it, and then, like, by the end of the decade, like, hundreds of people were doing it. Yes. So, the Cannonball Run is a cross-country race that started in New York and then has since moved to Connecticut, your neck of the woods. Ooh, and I think winds up in LA. Everybody in the movie has a time card that they punch in, punch out. But it's the car with the shortest amount of time on their clock in, punch in, punch out, mm-hmm. wins the race. Yes. And so this movie is just probably dozens of cars or at least a dozen cars, but we're basically following like six different cars with like you, most of them with Cameos. two people of note in in, in each yeah. going from coast to coast. And there are so many, so many so many stars, so many famous people in the movie. So many. Sorry, I copied these down from Wikipedia. I think we can go car by car and just talk about the characters a little bit that way, and then we can go do the movie as a whole.
1: Cool. That works for me. I like it.
0: So the first one, the main people we're following, I guess, which is J.J. McClure, who's Burt Reynolds. Yes. And Victor Prinzi, who's Dom DeLuise. Yes. They drive a souped-up Dodge Tradesman Ambulance. And this is actually Sportsman. the same type of vehicle that Hal Needham, the director, who also, by the way, Hal Needham directed Rad, which... I made oh, you watch Brad. Yeah, I'm a big fan. Yeah. So he and the screenwriter of this, Brock Yates, who used to be I think at like Car and Driver magazine, there's more about that. I'll get to that later. Okay. They basically did this type of ambulance coast to coast in when they did the Cannibal Run preparing for this movie.
1: Oh, okay, okay. It's a good move.
0: Also in this ambulance, there is somebody who's basically like a wacky kind of like Frankenstein assistant.
1: They said they needed a doctor to like sell this story if they get pulled over.
0: And in case they get swamp fever.
1: Swamp fever?
0: (laughs) Is that what they said? That's what they said. They said in case we get swamp fever, Dom Deloose is like, you know, we're going to get swamp fever. We need a doctor to fix it. But he just gets this guy, Jack Elam, who plays Doctor Nicholas von Helsing, who again, like last movie we, or last episode, we were like, "Is the Cannonball Run a comedy?" Yes, it's very a, much a thousand
1: percent a comedy. Yeah,
0: Jack Elon plays Doctor Van Helsing, and he's got like one stray, like a you know a lazy eye, and he's yeah. just like this crazy over the top doctor. He always wants to inject people with his like big hypodermic needle (laughs)
1: yeah all i could think of with the needle is that like how non-sterile that is like especially coming home like in this environment where we're like double glove you know what i mean like everything gets burnt and like autoclaved and he's just like (laughs) shooting this needle in the air
0: also in this ambulance is farrah fawcett who is like a journalist I think or a photographer she was working with this guy who was trying to stop the cannonball run but she just kind of taking pictures of things her story is the weirdest and most vague
1: it's so good though all she wants to do is say how much she loves trees
0: she loves trees because you can kill yourself under a tree
1: <laughs> it's such a great 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 scene I love it this is something that I would love to lead people with I'm I'm very like flippant about death a lot so
0: because she says it in the beginning which I think is very funny and then she keeps trying to tell burt reynolds why she loves trees and like she just keeps getting interrupted yeah but she's like i love just lying under the trees and the branches the and the leaves and just being able to blow night. your brains out <laughs> yeah.
1: it's like wait what oh god i said i said something very similar to this yesterday i was like i'm leaving on a jet plane somebody's like you don't want to fly a plane right now i was like yes i do right into a mountain and they are like what I was like, hey man that's how i'm feeling <laughs> just be like yeah i love trees, trees i love best, trees man. You know what the best part about them is?
0: I don't even know if she has a name. They just call
1: her Beauty? She does. She has a name. They say Pamela her Glover. Yeah, yes. they say Pam, but he calls her Beauty like that. Because he goes, let me guess your name. And guesses like four incorrect names. It goes on way longer than it
0: <laughs> ever should. And it's <laughs> so I, funny.
1: Dude, did this not seem like the most fun set to be on? This is the craziest thing about this. So like, I was Go saying ahead. to you, before I started
0: recording, like, I didn't take very, very many notes. And Same. I was comparing it to the movie, where I was like, this movie... It's an it's ninety one minutes long. I looked. I'm like they're nowhere near. Like they just pull up to this like biker bar. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like how much? And there's fifteen minutes of the movie left. I'm like how the like where? How do they get from here to the end of the race in any kind of semblance of story? And like I don't Spoiler: know. They don't give a shit. They're just they don't like care oh, no. They do this whole bar scene and then they're like oh, cool, we're 10 blocks from the end, and then they get to the end, and then nobody crosses the finish line except for the Lambo, the Lambo Girls, who we get to. But, like, this movie I does down. not care about its story at all. It's just, like, people hanging out, like, famous people hanging out, and, like, the names that we have not gotten to yet are yeah. insane.
1: I looked down at my phone, and I looked back up, and I go, Rachel, who won the race? <laughs> She's like, the Lamborghini. I was like, oh, damn, I mi-, like I miss it in the time that, like, I looked down and looked up. It was like, what the hell just happened there?
0: So Dom DeLuise, Victor Prinzi also plays Captain Chaos where he's just like this like oh, yeah. luchador wrestler kind of guy with a cape. Like he just like wants to do crazy shit.
1: Yeah man, send it.
0: So yeah, so they're in the ambulance in the stooped up ambulance and everybody basically gets pulled over at least once and they have some cool interactions They get pulled over by the cops because they're just like we got to get her to the hospital. They're like, there's no hospital 50 miles from here. They're like which hospital you bring her to? Like UCLA. They're like, wait what, what? like yeah. in LA like yeah she can't fly and then that's when Dr. Van Helsing comes out and is just like she's got this problem with her heart and she can't fly and they're like oh no, okay yeah
1: he like no but he becomes like a real serious doctor for like 0. .3 seconds because he's like on exactly drugs. the length that he needs to be yeah he like totally makes it
0: any other thoughts about that I mean we can come back to them later but uh, before we go to the next I don't want to
1: skimp over the part that they, they fly the plane in to get more beers <laughs>
0: just to pick up a sixer. Oh, don't park it. I'll be right back. I'll be right out. <laughs>
1: yeah. It's just like and they just like land it in the middle of the street. I was like, yeah. "God, this movie's like like that's like very early in the movie." And I was like, "This is a blast." Like just from the So jump... they do
0: like three things like not to that extreme, but like they do three things like very early on where like they're just getting into like and I I like I again, I don't know what the time frame is. They're in the <laughs> the one car that they like are coming up against a police blockade and they swerve around it and the car gets fucked up and then falls into a ditch
1: it's a porsche yeah
0: yeah the next scene is like them in the plane landing the plane and then almost literally the next scene is them on a boat ramming into another boat and, then and the that's whole time when they're, in the they're saying
1: their whole time they're trying to figure out what car they need to take to complete it and they're just like crashing every vehicle that they're in
0: it's only when they crash the boat that they're like oh and also by the way the guy in the back of the ambulance when they bring him when they bring them to the hospital or whatever yeah. is the director tell me them he's in the movie like uh, three or four times okay cool they're like oh yeah we can do like 120 miles an hour because like just people like clear the way they're like oh this is what we need
1: it's a genius plan for two morons yeah. i love it
0: so the next duo is in a red ferrari 308 gts 1979 this is dean and sammy dean martin and God. sammy davis jr
1: also you, you, do you know that like i'm a huge dean martin fan i really love dean martin a lot he was born the day before me oh yeah he was he's a june 7th baby i'm june 8th along with kanye
0: so i think if i read this right that he's also i think in the Cannonball Run 2, and these are his last oh. two movies, though.
1: Yeah, he's looking a little old, right? Yeah. He's definitely getting older.
0: Dean and Sammy from the Rat Pack, from the original Ocean's Eleven, everything, they're both in here. They're both dressed like priests for some reason. <laughs> I don't
1: fully understand why. I don't know either. It's like part of their shtick, I guess. When he said something, this was like one of the only notes I took, is when he said, like, they're doing the Lord's work, and he's like, Bud, they're in a Ferrari, and he's like, Yeah, but they're still doing the Lord's work. You could do the Lord's work in a Ferrari. You just do it faster. And I just, like, (laughs) and I thought of, like, all of these, like, mega churches, their pastor being, like, I need this new jet to do the Lord's work faster. And I'm, like, you stole that from this fucking movie. Like, that's the... Like, that's the whole joke to that punchline, is that. And they're like, yeah, that makes sense. It's beautiful. It's beautiful. Yeah, it really made me laugh. I like that one a lot.
0: Oh, actually, here, so the reason I guess they're dressed as priests is because they're based on an entry in the 1972, the real 1972 race, in which three men disguised as priests they call themselves the flying fathers drove a mercedes 280 <laughs> sel which they claimed to be the monsignor's car belonging <laughs> to an ecumenical council of prelates in california
1: oh that's good i like that yeah cuz you need like a you need like a good like cop story like look you know you're going to get pulled over on this race right it's so, like you need to either be hot like a like a beautiful woman mm-hmm. you need to have a funny story to like make the cop laugh Or you need to be very convincing in your excuse, right? So, like, you need one of these three things to survive this and not, like, go to jail or, like, lose your license. Dressing up as a priest, like, that could could be, like, a serious story. And when the cop's like, you're full of shit, you're like, I know you know like we just dressed as priests so we're driving this car like
0: I also think it's funny like in the beginning of the movie they're like we've got 10,000 state troopers coast to coast that know the cannonball is happening and they're gonna be out to get you and then not a single one of the people who pulls them over is just like are you cannonballers like they're all just like what are you driving so fast for it's like everybody's supposed to know
1: no that's I think that's more of like um, putting themselves higher than they are type thing you know what I mean like an amping for the announcement like every cop is on the lookout for you and it's like no realistically like nobody. But he knows that this is happening or like only a few yes, of them
0: for sure i also really liked when dean and sammy are in the bar so like they all go to this like this inn they call it the cannonball inn or whatever yes. the night before right and there's like a bar in there and they're in there and there's like these like three or four hot women all hitting on one guy and they're just talking. There's like this guy drinking next to them. They're like, "Man, like if we were Methodists, we could really get me. And, and this guy's just like spitting out his drink. He's just like, "Cannot believe what these two ostensibly
1: priests are saying." Man, they're just so good. It's great, man. Oh yeah, the Methodist joke got me too. I like that too. Or he's like, "She's a Buddhist monk." He's like, "We specialize in in blessing Buddhists." <laughs> like that's yeah, that's our that's our specialty. Like you. <laughs> I I liked it a lot.
0: They like fuck over the ambulance. They like they yes. they mess with Burt Reynolds and everything. And then like Burt Reynolds, like when he gets pulled over, he's like, "Look, there's a Ferrari coming behind these guys. <laughs> they're armed and they're dressed like priests. They're like even and they're flashers." The guy's like, thank you. Yeah.
1: <laughs> they they flash this girl into a fit, and that's why she's in the back of our ambulance.
0: The next one, the black Lamborghini Countach. St- shout out again, Lamborghini for sponsoring yes. this episode. Is Jill Rivers, who's played by Tara Buckman and Marcy Thatcher, Adrian Barbeau. Yes. Two attractive women who use their looks to their advantage advantage weird story about them again this is a very giselle thing and also just Ooh. a very like hey let's treat women better in movies they are never named in this movie nice they are both presumed to return in the next movie but they're both new actresses so it's like we think it's the same couple who won or not the couple the two people who but won they're the different first looking. race <laughs> but they're named in the second movie it's like well are they the same people like who knows? who knows? Who knows? Also, I do want to. Hold on, I need to get the right thing because it was it was wonderful. The the character who pulls them over. So like their whole thing is every time they get pulled over, they just they like just unzip, unzip their, their like shirts. unitards, yeah. right? And they just have like deep deep cleavage. And she's like, oh, let me get my driver's license, right? And so at the end of the movie, they finally get pulled over again. She's like, look, I got this one. But then they get pulled over by this woman, right? Yes. The woman, the female cop, is credited as her character name. Female cop pulling over Lamborghini Babes is her character name.
1: Yeah, because they don't even want to name her in the credits. Nobody's named. No one's named. Yeah, man.
0: Female cop pulling over Lamborghini Babes.
1: 1981.
0: Man, oh man, what a time to be alive. They don't really have, I mean, they win the race. They've got a cool looking car.
1: Their personalities in this movie are cleavage. That's that's it. We see it three times and we're like, okay, cool. That was it. That's enough.
0: Yeah. In the next car, in the Subaru GL four-wheel drive hatchback oh, with God. a rocket booster engine, is yes. Jackie Chan and Michael
1: Hui. Yeah, like, holy fuck. Jackie Chan was in this movie. I was like, what the fuck? And he's like 20. He's like 25 at the most, right?
0: I actually have no idea. Jackie Chan He looks was really born young. in 54. So he would have been like 25, 26, Yeah, that's what I thought.
1: Yeah. Yeah, makes sense.
0: I had a real like weird moment of like, wait, am I am I racist? Like again, like our accidental racism because like in this movie they say like are, the Japan's number one race car driver, and I'm like, yeah, go ahead.
1: Not, I thought this he's dude not
0: Japanese. Is and I was, he? like And I, I, I go, I like, oh no, he's, he's very not Japanese. But then, yes, that's what I thought. Like, <laughs> okay,
1: same. I did the exact same thing.
0: They cut to this, ne- the next person. They're like, oh, it's J- it's Japan's number one box office star. I'm like, well, why don't you like flip? I don't. What? Like what? He's he's the movie star. Maybe not. By I, I don't know.
1: I don't know, man. I agree with you. But no, I I did the exact same thing, especially because we were just talking about Johnny Tran. That when I saw Jackie yes. Chan in this movie, and it was like the Japanese. I was like, he's not Japanese. And I was like, <laughs> never. I don't know. I don't even know. I'm not gonna say anything about it. So. No. I'm glad you checked. I mean, Thank you. That's
0: one thing that today that like when, and this is something I think that like Lost kind of changed is that like when they when they cast Sun and Jin who are a Korean couple on the show, they wanted to get actual Korean actors as opposed to just like, oh yeah, they, they look Korean. You know or just mean? Like make them a
1: Chinese couple. Exactly. Or make them a Japanese couple. Like why right. is, why would you change their race for them? Today,
0: modern day like representation, like there's a lot more where like they cast an actor who actually is of that ethnicity. but like, Or just say are, like, the
1: ethnicity is of the actor her. just like oh use yeah that. he's uh
0: he's asian like it's like it, i guess it's one step up from being like number one oriental like it's just like no like you can't <laughs> say that so like i guess at least you give him a country but even if it's the wrong country i don't know man but like who boy yeah <sighs> two fun facts about jackie chan one in movie then one trivia in the movie, I like that he just starts watching porn toward the end and okay. just crashes his car.
1: <laughs> yeah, just in his car.
0: Just puts the VHS in and just like, oh. What is it called? Like, ooh, the Green okay. Room,
1: right? Yeah.
0: The cool thing is that this is the first movie he was ever on where like, the director put bloopers in the credits and he loved it. And so because of that, he then started putting bloopers in all of his movies uh, in, like, in the credits. So like, because of this movie, now every Jackie Chan movie that you see hour. ends with bloopers because of this.
1: That makes so much sense, and that's a very cool fact that I never right? knew. That's an awesome fact. Yeah, I like that. The
0: next car is the street-legal replica of Donnie Allison's Hawaiian Tropic-sponsored NASCAR Winston Cup Series Chevrolet stock car. It okay. starts off as a seventy-five seventy-six Laguna. And then Wikipedia says after they paint it, it somehow becomes a 76-77 Monte Carlo. So it goes from one car to the other. Perfect. But this is driven by Mel Tillis, who I don't know the I know the name. Oh, he's a he's a he's a country music star. Okay. okay. And uh, go
1: ahead, say it.
0: Former Steelers quarterback, four time Super Bowl, Bowl champion, champion Terry Bradshaw, the
1: the greatest quarterback of all time. I mean, sure. I mean Joe Montana and Terry Bradshaw. Tom Brady but whatever. Who's know. that?
0: I don't know. Tampa Bay. Uh but yeah, like I'm just like Terry like why is Terry, uh, like, Terry Bradshaw, like the the iconic image in my head in this is he just like puts so much dip in his mouth at one point. I'm like you okay, know, just a giant sign
1: wrap of Redman, right? Yeah. I like this because I was like obviously I follow Steelers and I was like reading an article not too long ago that like Terry Bradshaw said he felt like at some points disrespected in Pittsburgh cuz they wanted him to like ham up his southernness, right? To like okay. to like play like a dumb cowboy and in this movie he plays a dumb cowboy <laughs> exactly <laughs> so i'm like bro what were you mad about like you picked this role like make a stand for yourself and be yeah. like no bro like i'm gonna be like the smartest cowboy and like but no he plays a dumb cowboy And it's like why did everybody think i was a dumb cowboy like well we all watch this movie bud like that's what happened and also you're kind of a dumb cowboy so that's <laughs> Shout out, Terry Bradshaw, if you're listening. Please come on. Tell us about this movie. I'm
0: going to skip one for now because it's, fa- it's the craziest one. It's my favorite one. But then we get to uh, the Middle Eastern Sheik who's driving a, a yes. white Rolls Royce Silver Shadow. He's not super important.
1: Do you, do you know what I'm recognizing him from? No. M.A.S.H.
0: Oh, okay.
1: The character in MASH that always pretends to be transgendered person.
0: He's Klinger.
1: And Klinger his whole shtick is like catch twenty two that he pretends to be transgendered because he knows that they won't let him in the army if he's transgendered. So he like oh, okay. always like dresses up like a girl and he's like, Send me home, send me home, send me home and they're like, You're lying. We like it's like the catch twenty two thing, right? Like Gotcha. Okay. Yeah.
0: Yeah, he's not super important in this no. movie, he just does a few things here or there, but the the cr- the craziest one Go ahead. Roger Moore a.k.a. James Bond, (laughs) plays Seymour Goldfarb Jr., who is heir to the Goldfarb girdles fortune. Yes. But he pretends that he's Roger Moore, (laughs) And And he he signs the race under that name. He drives an Aston Martin DB5. Yes! Everything he does is James Bond. Like, he's basically playing...
1: Oh, my God. It's amazing!
0: It's it's amazing. I
1: was like, can you imagine if we had, like, a movie today that this happened in? Like, we get, like, cameos. We get crossovers and stuff like that. This is a movie where he... Where this guy, (laughs) where Roger Moore is playing a character pretending to be Roger Moore. And then just, like, kind of turns a point, like, after, like, that joke is over in five minutes and just becomes... James Bond. They remind you every couple minutes that it's not. It's not actually James Bond. It's just this guy pretending to be Roger Moore. And like everything he does, he's like, "Yeah, like Roger Moore. That's my name. Sign it." And like stuff like that.
0: Like there's certain things like John Mal, like being John Malkovich. Yes. There's things that like are built around it, but like it's rare that like in an otherwise everyone's a character, and then you're basically playing yourself as your most famous character. <laughs> the only thing I can think of that's even like remotely close, and what? it's not to this extent, is at one point in Oceans Twelve, yes. Julia Roberts plays Julia Roberts. Yes. I agree with you. Yep. Again, it's not this because it's not. She's kind of making fun of herself a little bit, but like this is like a whole. It's the entire movie.
1: Yes, it's the entire movie.
0: Every time they cut the back to his car, he's got a different woman in there. <laughs> he's got this whole like array of things, and like this one woman wants to you know smoke a cigarette. He's like, no, not that one. And then by the end, we finally get the ejecto seat. Because
1: yes, we do. That
0: there's the ejector seat with the the Bond car. So like amazing. It's just amazing.
1: It was great. It's one of my favorite parts. Like when I saw it, I was like, oh damn, it's Roger Moore, and and his mom's like, why are you pretending? to do this? Like, why did I find this tape under your bed? And it, oh, and they play the James Bond theme music the entire, like, yeah. every time you see them, it's like, dun 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 dun
0: <laughs> <laughs> So there's supposedly, like, this thing where Bond actors sign some kind of waiver that they're not going to make fun of Bond and things. Like, there's, like, this whole history of, like, the Bond property being treated with, like, the utmost, like, yes. care and, you know, seriousness. But, like, I don't know how this happened. Because, like, this is... <laughs> very clearly i guess i don't don't know i don't don't know because
1: it's like somebody pretending to be bond badly but he was really actually james bond i don't get it man they might have written that clause like after this movie like we have to stop doing this
0: and then there's like another one that wasn't on wiki there's like two like young dudes who are like kind of in a pickup truck and they just seem to be like jumping over things from time to time
1: they're a lot of fun though and they, like, yeah. pick, like, different accents at different points for no reason, which I yeah. kind of liked. Like, those were two dudes that I was like, yeah, I'd probably be rolling with those guys. They seem like they're fun. Yeah.
0: So before we get into the movie, I have a very uh, philosophical question that ties right into the Fastiverse. I didn't what? do any advanced research here. I didn't think about this in advance because I wanted to do it spur of the moment with you. You might have even had this thought. If the family was doing the cannonball run, what cars do you think would have the best success? Like, which tag team... Two people, or maybe three people, do you think we could put in a car that would be the best at like chemistry wise and racing wise? Who's best together at getting across country?
1: I think Dom and Letty win instantly. Okay. Hands down favorites. I can't see them not winning. They have a long history of winning. They're the greatest team. I mean, like, they're they're one, right? Because we assume that they're a team of two, right? Right. Second team gotta be Han and Giselle. They're pretty calculated. Yeah. They like they plan well.
0: She seems like maybe the best driver out of all any of them.
1: Right? From from what we've seen. So like I think that Giselle and Han are the logical second point Okay, so here's
0: a, here's a follow up question: Are there any non romantic relationship couples?
1: This is where I was going next. Roman and Brian, because hmm. because Dom doesn't let Mia go. Okay, and Mia has the kids.
0: I feel like roaming on a thirty or thirty plus hour road trip is going to like get into some. Like he's like, no, Brian, we can st- we we're st- we we got such a we got such a lead. We can stop here for the night. Like we can just you know like look he at those with girls. Over. Yeah,
1: I agree, but I also think he has the charisma to get them out of things too.
0: Okay, good point.
1: So like on the reciprocal. Like as much as he's getting them into trouble, it's a wash because he's getting them out of trouble on the back okay. end too. And also, like you know, he and Brian work well together. So I think as a team, those two, Brian is a decent driver, right? So like, I think that they come in three. Who's four? What's your? Who next do you think?
0: So here's here's a, here's a different way to do this. Who do you think would give Hobbs the best chance of winning? It's not Shaw.
1: No. Hobbs' best chance of winning. Elena? Maybe. I would say Elena's his best his best partner.
0: Or Monica Fuentes.
1: Monica Fuentes. Although we
0: never see her drive.
1: She only rides in the car. But she'd be a damn good passenger. I'd let her be my 13-hour road trip passenger any day.
0: Do the stare and drive the entire way across the country?
1: <laughs> I probably would.
0: Could Tej, who would Tej and...
1: Tej got to be with with um Ramsey, right? Maybe. Or Suki. Tej okay. and Suki would be a good team. And Tej is a good candidate because he's he's actually a mechanic, right? Yeah. But I'm assuming that they're all driving like famous cars and like at this point I don't assume any of their cars would break down.
0: They don't need to get gas.
1: They don't they don't ever need to get gas or shower. I think like maybe like Dom's charger, but Dom obviously knows how to work on his charger. Brian has right. built some race cars too, so I'm not too worried about them. Han and Giselle for sure. Han had a garage Right? So, yep, yep. that makes sense. You gotta put, like, one mechanic with every team.
0: Yeah, so maybe Hobbs and Elena together is not a good idea, because I don't know if either of them... Like, they're both very well qualified, but I don't know if either of them can fix... I guess Hobbs does...
1: Well... Hobbs has Hobbs customs. He grew up around cars, Ooh, right? Oh, that's the,
0: very true. Or did we Do did we do Luke and Jonah? Oh... A couple of Usos in the car. A couple
1: of Usos. Yeah, they definitely get a run. I definitely think they'd make a run, too. But I think they'd be the guys jumping, like, the truck jumping over everything. Like, they'd be having fun.
0: Do you think... What? Hattie. Who would Hattie be best with?
1: Dex, right? Gotta be... Gotta oh, be yeah, God. okay. Gotta be her brother, right? Like, they'll, they'll fight yeah. about it the whole time, but, like, those... like Once
0: again, Owen gets left out. <laughs> yeah.
1: Or Owen, man. Owen gets to ride with his mom. Yeah. With Owen okay. Mirren. Yeah. That's who it is. It's Owen and his mom because she's always like, come on. And then she's just like chasing behind. She's calling Hattie and Deck to be like, slow down. Like, we're coming right behind you.
0: Yeah. I can see that. I guess the, the obvious things are the romantic relationships. But I was just like, there's. I yeah. could definitely see a version of this where like they're all doing this for fun or something, right? Like, not even tired Movie, but like uh, we're doing this anyway.
1: Yeah. Like a non heist road trip like they do, yeah. they've done so many heists on the road like why not them be like oh we're just dri- we're like we're just racing as teams here
0: yeah but the closest I think we probably get to this is like the caravan in 7 right where they all like roll up through like into Abu Dhabi or whatever like they're all in their yeah. separate cars but they're not racing they're just driving together separately mm-hmm. I want to say that like I was in love with this movie from the very beginning when they had the 20th century fox where the cartoon car escapes from the police car and then Dude. hides the zero in the 20th and then like laughs at the cop car after it crashes like this is amazing
1: I started this movie this afternoon and then I got like five or ten minutes into it and I was like, I, I can't do this right now. I'm going to wait and, like, do it later. When I turned it on, because I was like, okay, Rachel's going to watch it with me now. I turned it on, and I paused it. And I was like, Rachel, wait, you have to see this part. And, I, like, I totally forgot that movies used to do stuff like that. Like, having an alternate intro is so weird. I get it now. We have, like, all the Marvel ones have kind of their own intro and stuff like that. But this was, like, every movie started out with, like, Fox. Like, bum you know, like the normal thing. So to see this cartoony version, I was like, this is the coolest thing I've seen in a long time.
0: Apparently 20th Century Fox didn't want that because they felt, they felt like it would sort of tarnish their yes. brand. But they realized after after the fact that like it was done so well, they're like, no, this is great. Like I, I loved it from that point.
1: Yeah, same. I was so sold.
0: We just talked about this on Cruise Club a couple episodes ago of Oblivion because in Oblivion, the, the sci-fi, futuristic Tom Cruise movie after mm-hmm. aliens have ravaged Earth, the Universal logo comes around and like there's a space station in the sky and like the earth is like broken and stuff and like it's a very cool thing um and we also talked about on that episode in happy death day which is another universal movie which Mm -hmm. i love which is a groundhog day horror version where like it starts the universal like the dun 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 and then like then it goes back and starts again and then it goes back and it starts again and like that's awesome very little simple touch of like messing with the things that people take for granted it's just like oh this is amazing
1: yeah you can play into that you can you can make it fresh but also make it iconic. Still, you know what I mean. Like, and especially, I like the idea that you have something that's like so repetitive, so etched into your brain. If you start to change anything, you're like, oh shit! Like, you notice it even more. So,
0: yes. Like the first like ten or fifteen minutes of this movie or whatever, I'm like, I think it's like especially at the opening, I'm like, it's kind of a comedy. But then like we follow the Lambo around and like they're just like spray painting yeah. speed limit signs and everything. I'm like, this might be like kind of like a serious movie with like some comedic elements. And then at one point, Burt Reynolds hits his head on the open roof of his car and it like does like a wacky sound effect like a doink and I was yeah. like oh okay and he's talking about now the hamsters I know
1: this is. his hamsters is sick
0: Dom Delawise is like well what if we win it for him, for them or whatever like just oh okay yeah." but I was like it was like in that scene where they're in the garage where I was like oh no I know exactly what
1: this movie is yep exactly and it's a lot of fun like from that moment on, I loved it. Another
0: connection we talked about last movie that we see again here is that a cop car gets knocked into the river. Yep, every time. Once it. again, every every time. It's
1: like a staple of all of these movies, including the Fast and Furious movies. I had a cool fast connection when they're in the back of the ambulance and they're like stopped for some reason. Farrah Fawcett's sitting in the back of the ambulance. Burt Reynolds comes back and they like like they're talking and she's like you kidnapped me whatever and he's like no we're like you know we're racers and she's like why would you like do all this thing and he's like for the hell of it and it was like such like a dumb answer you know yeah. what I mean like why for the thrill yeah Yeah. and I was like oh
0: there's another fast action, sort of kind of at least not something that's referenced is that after Jackie Chan crashes the car when they're watching porn or he starts watching porn yes the car then flies and I was <laughs> like Oh, and you know, Jack saying cars don't fly. It's like, well, you didn't see Cannibal Run because cars can fly, apparently.
1: Yeah, they have rocket like, engines. it never
0: come it never comes back. It's just like, oh, they flew for a little bit and like that was it.
1: Well, they use the rocket when they're like stuck, too. Right. Yeah.
0: Then of course we have Peter Fonda as the chief biker and this is what I mentioned last time I'm like cuz he's like 12th build or something, but he comes back as this guy who's just like picking on people like again toward the end of the movie, but it was cool to see Jackie Chan like do his like headstand, yes. kick him in the face a bunch of times, it's like very cool.
1: When we first started watching this, I was like, Rachel, why?" is Jackie Chan in this movie? And then we got to, like, the fight scene, and Jackie Chan has, like, a full, like, fight scene in it, I was like, that's why you have Jackie Chan in this yeah. movie. Yeah. And, like, and if you have Jackie Chan in this movie, you better add this to this movie, because, like, why wouldn't you use Jackie Chan's potential in any movie like that and give him at least one, like... Karate scene, right?
0: Like, I'm sort of surprised in that regard that like Terry Bradshaw never throws something like a football.
1: You do get the shot of him like getting out of the pool, and also Terry Bradshaw sang country music too. Okay, like I mean, not well or anything like that, but like you think that they would have like given him his lifetime, do this movie, and we'll let you sing half a song in it. You know what I mean? Like something like that. Especially if you have right. like if you're riding with a country music artist, like he could have done it. And
0: then my only other note before we get to the trivia, and then, you know, talk about your notes too and everything like that. But I think we covered so much with the when we went through the racers yeah. is the it ends when they get to the end and bert reynolds tackles the entire group as captain chaos runs ahead but then he sees a woman in peril and she's like save my baby save my baby and he goes and jumps in the water and then pulls out a wet dog and then the lamborghini woman wins but like they don't even show her winning i don't think it's just like she just goes like she's the only one who actually goes it's like oh yeah sure like the race doesn't matter it's literally It's not about the destination, it's about the journey. It's just like, how do we get from point A to point B? Who cares who wins? It's just like, we're going to follow these lunatics across country
1: these things are really cool though and these exist and that is like the whole part of like why you would do something like this right like the winning doesn't matter these are like caravans of partying right like i know like the gumballs like that like they stop in like cities different nights and stuff like that it's mostly for the fun of like you hanging out with your friend nobody really cares who wins right like nobody remembers who won what year like you might have a trophy or whatever like brag about it but it's not like that's not the point of it point right. of it, the journey.
0: Did you have any other notes or any other fast connections? Because, again, like, I just I kind of didn't take a lot of notes because I was just enjoying it, but any no. other thoughts about the movie?
1: That's precisely why I didn't take a lot of notes. I think we covered a lot of good fast connections, but I didn't take them because I was just having fun watching the movie. It was really zany and fun to me, and I love this pick. It was great.
0: So this movie was a wild financial success. Like, it did not do well critically, yes. but... It made $11 million its opening weekend, which is the fourth highest grossing of all time. Wow. However, it opened the same weekend as Superman 2, which opened with $14 million, which was the most of all time.
1: It was a good weekend for movies, huh?
0: Very good weekend for movies. So Cannonball Run made $72 million in the U.S. and Canada, making the sixth highest grossing film of the year behind Raiders of the Lost Ark on Golden Pond, Superman 2, Arthur, and Stripes. So, like, wow. big, big year for movies. It was Stripes, weekend, too. especially. Yeah. yeah. Damn. Farrah Fawcett was nominated for a Razzie for Worst Supporting Actress, but she did not win or lose or whatever. She did not earn the award.
1: How is she the Worst Supporting Actress? It's re- it's actually a fun character, right?
0: It is a fun character. I don't know, because the, the Razzies are dumb. I don't like the Razzies, but, like, I, I don't know. She's great. I mean, she's great in her. Like, she's supposed to play an airhead. Like, what do you what do you want from her? Like, you know what I mean?
1: Yeah, she's playing aloof, right? And, like, yeah. this, like, weird hippie, like journalist yeah i, I liked it I, I i wouldn't say i'm sure that there was movies that had worse supporting actresses this year
0: almost certainly i think they also kind of go for like the odd like the obvious ones like the popular i don't know whatever the full name of the event is the cannonball baker sea to shining sea memorial trophy dash which was organized by brock yates uh, to protest the 55 mile an hour speed limit then in effect in the u.s ah. cannonball was named for erwin g cannonball baker who in the 20s Rode his motorcycle across the country. Many characters are based on ra- the ruses developed by real cannonball racers over the years when the event was run. It
1: makes perfect sense.
0: Apparently, the plot is used in the need for in the game the need for, or Need for Speed: The Run from twenty eleven. So I guess they're getting from one coast to the other coast. That's kind of cool. Pretty cool.
1: Yeah, that makes sense.
0: The original, the main role, the Burt Reynolds role, was originally envisioned for Steve McQueen, but then when he died, it went to uh, Burt Reynolds, and it went from being an action movie to a comedy, which is kind of crazy
1: that tracks though yeah because like <laughs>
0: you can imagine like the, like the bullet just like we're dead like it's almost like vanishing point right it's just like we're getting across country but then it's just like oh no like we got burt reynolds like let's just be bunch of goofballs
1: yeah exactly
0: so Burt Reynolds said I did that film for all the wrong reasons I never liked it I did it to help out a friend of mine Hal Needham the director okay and I also felt it was immoral to turn down that kind of money I suppose I sold out so I couldn't really object to what people wrote about me I don't know man but it's, it's, just, it's fun
1: it's a fun movie Burt Reynolds wasn't this fucking film actor you know what I mean so like what are you what are you putting your nose up about bud like yeah uh, actually is Hal
0: Needham So Hal Needham also directed Smokey and the Bandit, also with Burt Reynolds, and he also did in the beginning of that one, if we, wink wink, get to that movie sometime soon, Mm -hmm. there's another animated opening logo for Universal Pictures when they do that one, so we have to keep an eye out for that one at some point. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Mm -hmm. Don Rickles was originally cast as the Sammy Davis Jr. part, but then the part went to Sammy Davis, so that's... Sammy Davis is great in it.
1: I love this. Yes.
0: Oh, so this is kind of cool. So the director, Hal Needham, and producer Al Ruddy liked Terry Bradshaw and Mel Tillis together so much that they tried to sell a pilot to ABC featuring their characters. The head of the network loved the idea. The day before a meeting was supposed to happen, the head of the network was fired and the project got canceled. So like, it never saw the light of day, but there was almost... A TV show just about those two guys.
1: That would have been a lot of fun to see, actually. Imagine if Terry Bradshaw would have been, like, a real actor.
0: Because when did he... Because he won the four Super Bowls in the 70s. When did he retire? Was he retired by this point?
1: I think it... I would think so. Before the 80s, I think.
0: Terry Bradshaw's final season was 83. No, he was still playing at this point.
1: Jeez! Jeez! Very strange. I thought he was retired. Like, yeah, I thought, I mean, early 80s. Yeah.
0: So the Cannonball Run pub restaurant in the village is actually in Wyoming, New York, which apparently I did not know there was a Wyoming, New York. The restaurant's been closed for several years, but used to host annual reunions of the drivers who participated in the event. So I guess even though it wasn't open anymore, they still were like, hey, let's meet there and just hang out there.
1: Yeah. And party in the parking lot or something. Yep. Bet the cops love that.
0: (laughs) Here's the backstory for the race. Um, so the real race was held four times in the 70s. The screenwriter was automotive journalist Brock Yates, who had conceived the real-life event. Okay. He originally proposed the race as a writer for Car and Driver. The race had one rule. All competitors will drive any vehicle of their choosing over any route at any speed they judge practical which I think is a very nice way of, say, of not saying, like, you know, as fast as they can. Yes. Between the starting point and destination, the competitor finishing with the lowest elapsed time is the winner. Which, I mean, they just they explain that very well in the movie, too. Like, the movie just doesn't care about the rules, but, like... It's the same thing in the movie, which I think is yes. pretty, very smart. So the first time they did it was in 1971. His team was the only team that did it. Ernest Cannonball Baker, when he did it on the motorcycle, made it in 60 hours. Yates, who wrote this screenplay, wrote a book about it called The Sunday Driver. Okay. They were going to make a movie in 73 about it, I think, at some point. They didn't make it. But then the race inspired the unrelated films Cannonball and The Gunball Rally. So those are both similar but different, I guess. they're not inspired, or They're inspired by but not related to this
1: okay that makes sense because I was like I was wondering because like Gumball is like the same thing so it was probably like Cannonball actually happened Gumball Rally the movie came out people started doing the Gumball Rally and then Cannonball Run came out you know what I mean right
0: Yep. Mm-hmm. So in 79, March 79, Yates once again formed a team. There were 46 teams this time. This is when he partnered up with Hal Needham to drive a 150 mile per hour van converted into an ambulance. Yes. Um, with LA doctor Lyell Royer and Brock's second wife Pamela Reynolds riding as his patient on the gurney. The ambulance never made the finish line. The transmission gave out 50 miles short. Yates made it to the movie as a race official and Needham as an EMT, as did the ambulance itself and even the transmission failure. Ambulance was stopped once in Pennsylvania. The event made it into the movie as did a cop stopping traffic in Kansas, exiting from a rodeo to let the ambulance pass (laughs) unimpeded. Yes. So The Two Women was actually based on race driver Oh, so it was Two Women but like her one of the women's husband was racing in another entry in a Cadillac limo.
1: Okay, so it was like husband wife team but two separate teams. I guess so. Yeah. That makes sense.
0: There was a, an auto writer wrote about the thing but they did the, the auto writer failed to write about the fact that there was at one point the limo overturned and i guess they had like a toilet in there and like the green fluid like the porta potty in the toilet just got everywhere and turned in all on all the girls and everything like that so yuck ugh.
1: yuck there's a cool thing that i want to tell you about they do a, like a version of this right they actually i forget what the ones called but i know that they do another one called you know Lamon, right we watched
0: yes yeah we ford watched ferrari.
1: Yep. ford versus ferrari they do a 24 hour of lemons I don't think this one's cross-country. It might be like, you know, a race, like a circuit race. But they do two of these with premises that you have to buy a car for under $500. And you do the same race with a car, but like the max you can spend on it is 500 bucks. Okay. So it's like the same journey fun time, but you have to buy like a really shitty beater to like That's race really across country with your I friends. Like so like if you don't have like a Lamborghini because like, you know, gumball is like very exotic, fancy cars and like celebrities and stuff like that. There's, like, a group of dudes that are like, oh, we want to do this, but do more of a cannonball run type of way, somewhere in between, that, like, you have to do it with shitty cars, and, like, you have to fix your own car and, like, the cars die and, like, everything like this, and so.
0: My friend and I had a very, uh, underwhelming dream that we never did, where we wanted to go to Texas and buy, like, a really shitty, like, basically, like, a lemon car, right? But, like, an old, like, 80s thing with, like, a tape deck, and then just, like, drive at night across the desert, like, listening to, like, synthwave, and then just, like, wherever the car died, just, like, leave it there, and then just, like, fly home. (laughs) It's just, like, the kind of, just, like, live like in an 80s movie, or, like, live in drive. When the car dies, the car dies, and just Get back wherever you want to get back.
1: Yeah, just fuck it, <laughs> leave it there. Yeah, call an Uber yeah. right to the middle of the desert. <laughs> just... Exactly.
0: Come pick us up. Yeah, I know it's gonna be four hundred dollars to get here. It's fine, because uh, we can't get out anywhere.
1: Yeah, that would be fun.
0: Did you have any other other thoughts? Any, any other notes about the Cannonball Run?
1: I think we covered everything that I liked about it. And for not having notes, we we covered a lot. So
0: yeah, this has been a good lap so far in terms of Patron picks. We had two lane blacktop. Damn, we had yeah. this. We're going to have, like I mentioned earlier... Back to the Future. What was the fourth one? Nick picked the Hollywood Knights. Another great one. Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, we're three for three. And of course, you know, we, we love Back to the Future. I'm assuming you love it Back- Because, like, nobody doesn't love Back to the Future. <laughs> I know,
1: man. I know. Yeah, I'm, I'm so, stoked for it.
0: Yeah, so this has been a very good lap. So again, if you are a $10 patron, you either have one or two picks next lap, depending on when you signed up. Mm-hmm. Um, so make sure you get those in, family at cageclub.me. Or you probably talk to us in some other fashion. So just hit us up how you hit us up. Uh, but everybody gets a second pick. And, you know, it's going to be good because, like, these picks, like, who knew that coronavirus was going to happen? We might have done more of this anyway. I don't know. But, like, what we got already, like, they're great. They're really good movies.
1: They're all really fun, man. And I'm actually glad that we got to do all... We I said this to you before. Like, I'm glad that we got to do all, like, a lot of the classic car movies all in one batch, right? Yeah. It's fun yeah. to watch them, compare them, and, like, get, like, a nice swath of them all at once. It actually did work out for us. I'm kind of happy about it, so yeah for sure
0: like we said last episode the next episode is going to be like a secret thing nothing to watch if you do watch along tune in on Friday and enjoy and then on Friday we will announce next week but of course next week is going to have Tokyo Drift so if you're looking for something to watch between now and Friday you know just join us Tokyo Drift early yeah oh or also, no, you should I have mean, joined us on yeah, hopefully you have joined us in the past yeah in the past for all things Too Fast Too Forever you go to cavesclub.me, facebook.com slash Too Fast Too Forever or at Too Fast Too Forever on Twitter and Instagram email us fan. Emily at cageclub.me. become our 12th patron become part of the gallo 12 be immortalized in history at too fast too forever.com come back friday for a special bonus episode come back next week for tokyo drift and another special movie you know just send us an email say hi let us know how you're doing in quarantine i'm joey lewandowski
1: i'm joe too
0: and we'll see you next time right here on too fast too forever peace out, out. anus peacers